Matt. Jimmy. What do stormtroopers and motorcycles have in common? They can't hit a tree. Oh, I bet you you could hit a tree, but you're going to have to watch the rooster endo segment to figure out what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what else we discussed because somehow this show is so magical. It wiped our memories. It puts you to sleep. (laughs) Unless you're driving, but then just enjoy the ride. If you want to support Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, thank Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Fast Company, and you can always shop through Amazon on our links on dirtbiketest.com. And don't forget the push-through button on Rocky Mountain MC, also on www.dirtbiketest.com. Now here's the show. Welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. It's Tuesday. It's 7 p.m., you're here live with us on both YouTube and Instagram. You got to zero out that um counter there. Oh, I just zeroed it out. Mr. Technical Difficulties. and uh, Mr. Sitting, Technically, yeah. Sitting next to me, uh, co-host, the Technical Difficulty producer. Mm-hmm. He pr- That means he produces the Technical Difficulties and tries to get them done. I also uh, produce solutions. Matt Mattoon. Well, Matt, yep. how, how you doing? Doing good. Doing pretty good. Really busy as of late. I know. You're yeah. almost as busy as this guy over here waving his hand, which we're going to ignore for a few minutes. He's got to yeah. give us, unless there's something really bad going on. Oh, there's yeah. something really bad going on. Something that's going to ruin this show. Matt, more. You, you need a you know counter. No. Yes. The, the, the idea um, is to get rid of the ums. So, anyways. Well, uh, just filler words in general, filler phrases. If, if you really want to uh, you know, get the most tech talk, you can go on to. Our Instagram channel. We start a couple of minutes early, and that way you can get you can slide your your uh, question right under the radar, and then we see it. A lot of other stuff going on. Uh, we have some questions, so you know how we do this show. We answer questions. Sometimes we, we give the right answer. Actually, I think we most give the, the right time. answer most of the time. Yeah, every person who's ever written back after asking us a question or has posted a question. They've gotten back and said, thank you so much. It worked just fine. Or you were right. Some along those lines. Yeah. Cause that's the reason why we do the show. Yeah. No, we do this as a public service and you're going to get way more than you paid for. And that's why the best thing about the internet is it's going to drive the price of everything down to zero. And that's also will be the value of the most of the information that you get on the internet. But not, not dirt bike test. Not dirt bike test. And not Jimmy Lewis off-road. Nope. Nope. This show would not be possible without our awesome sponsors. Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech. Trail Tech bringing you the Voyager Pro GPS. If you're lost, get a Voyager Pro. Fast Company. We have a Fast Company product for our, uh, our product of the week that I'm going to talk about. It's this. It's this little foot peggy. Yeah, the, it's got a little damper in it, a little vibration isolating damper, elastomer, which is really one of the things that Fast Company uh, pioneers in the sport, and they're really good with it. Bulletproof Designs, who has tons of new stuff available for the 23 KTM Gas Gas and those white ones. What do they call those? Husqvarna. Husqvarna's, yeah. So they're, they're the white KTMs. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, but not lots of uh, lots of bulletproof design products ready to go if you need some protection radiator guards chain guide thingamajiggers uh swing arm 
protector. That's chain guide swing arm protector. They even make mm-hmm. a front disc rotor protector if you're that kind of rider. Jimmy Lewis endorsed. I am not endorsing that product <laughs> at all. So thanks for joining in. Glad to see everybody. I have a question that came in on the Instagrams. Ben Bradfield asks, what's the best hop-ups for a DR650? And he said, yes, I know it's a DR650. What are you trying to hop it up for? I mean, you bought a DR650. It's 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 a great bike. It's a in in fact of all the 650 dual sport bikes, the 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 kind of the we'll call them the the bigger, heavier, durable. It was my favorite. It always it always was. It 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 was better than like the more competition like back when KTM had the 640s. It was vibrating horrible things. I like it better than a KLR 650, but the KLR is a better, quote, adventure bike. But if you're looking at a dual sport 650, I think the DR is great. And anything you do to modify it will probably make it worse by by revealing other things about it that you don't want to know. Like you don't want to make it try to make it any faster. It's already faster than a KLR. Just be good with it. But the one thing that I think it could use is... A larger gas tank. And I know a Cherbies makes an awesome larger gas tank for it. So that is the best hop up for a DR650, period. So uh, Florian is getting back to us on the uh, Instagrams. He had a question. He's he's running his batteries dead on a KTM 500 XCW by running dual Baja designed headlights. He didn't tell me what kind of lights they are. So I still don't know which ones they are. And he's using uh, an anti-gravity battery. That's not the problem. And he says he has four hours on the bike. That's probably the problem. Mm-hmm. Look at, Travis has fallen over. He's like, looks like he's asleep. It's bothering me. We have, a, we have an awesome set here. It makes too much noise. Okay. So uh, let's see if we got any other questions here on the thing. Not so many. The Instagram, they want, instant uh ben yeah you're welcome that's what we do on this show tell a friend tell a friend i can answer questions like that all night long and no opinion is is as opinionated as mine or probably as correct i think (laughs) (laughs) so uh oh wait is he is florian up and he's in the regular thing too okay here we go 2022 ktm XCFW 500. We are running the Baja Design Dual LED right uh, race light XL80. The stator is the stock 196 watt KTM unit. After 30 to 45 minutes of race time, the battery begins to drop off the voltage. Of race time, so so I'm I'm expecting that race time doesn't mean idling. You know, because mm-hmm. the, the stators tend to at idle don't put out a lot, but also when they're spinning super fast, they don't they don't perform at peak. It's somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle. Man, two XL eighties. Uh, I run a single XL eighty on my KTM three fifty, and I've never had any issues. And I mean, I can let it run for like with the bike off for quite a long time, and the bike still starts up. I run uh, I run Shorari batteries, so it's 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 a lithium battery mm-hmm. as well so i don't think it's that much of a difference but uh could yeah. the stator just be getting getting hot mm, it shouldn't i mean that 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 bike is meant to i but it's they're the, the, they're not overbuilt the stators i mean mm-hmm. i imagine on the scale of things they could have some stators that put out a little bit more and some that put out a little bit less but 
maybe you just can't run to, uh, I know Trevor on the Yamaha's has to run a backup battery. So he runs a, they run, they run a dual setup like that. And, mm -hmm. but that bat, that stator is not as strong as the KTM one from, from what I know. And they run a battery that runs one of the lights and their other light runs off of, uh, off of the stator. So I don't, um, Oh yeah. Look at the, we're having a discussion about the tequila bottle. They saw it in the corner. So tonight's tequila, just for anybody who's crazy, cause it is tech talk tequila Tuesday. It is Sincuro. So, uh, yes, Janie, Janie, uh, my, uh, former bartender now retired. Uh, I will have in that later on the show out of my uh, nice little, uh, blue footed booby glass yeah, <laughs> shot glass. So thanks for, uh, thanks for noticing. Uh, John Bailey says, uh, tell me more about the KTM 690. Elaborate, please. Well, John, you should call me up at the Seat Concepts Hot Seat Hotline. And I'm going to give you the number right now. So write this down, John. It is 775-318-5515. And we can talk about it because I, I elaborating for me, we could take up this whole show. So I don't really want to do that. But if you have a specific question that you would like me to elaborate on, because I'm pretty sure I've, I've now gone to the level of um, Baja Mark, Baja Diaries Mark. And I've, I've, I think I've pissed on the, the KTM 690 crowd just enough to where mm -hmm. they're going to come and get me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, I said good things about the Husky version. Right. That's the white one. Uh -huh. Yeah, I said really good things about it when they put that big giant gas tank on it. Mm -hmm. Where all of a sudden the gas tank was more in the area it should have been. I was kind of surprised. I actually Quinn Cody a lot of a long time ago s told me this. He said you can't believe what this gas tank does. And the only reason we were even talking about it because it was about two years before that gas tank came out is is they were they were testing it. Mm -hmm. And I saw the bike go down the road. I was coming back from Kauia and it went the other direction. And I know they run a lot of test bikes out there. And I'm like, what the heck was that? Because it, you know, it just looked like these two big giant boobs coming down the, <laughs> coming to boobs, just hanging off big, like not, not like big saggy boobs hanging off the bike, just going down the highway the other direction. I thought, man, that's kind of an interesting new bike they're testing. And, and. The way it sounds, it did it, it when it went by because I just kind of caught. It, I was like, "Whoa, what's that?" And then, and I'm like, "Didn't sound like a twin cylinder." And I knew that at the time they were working on some other stuff, but I didn't know it was just a gas tank. But right. go ahead, John, give us a call. You never know the first person that calls tonight might uh, the first person that gets through on the line oh, might. We have someone on the line. Have someone? You're gonna you're gonna screen, or we're just gonna go go for it? Well, I can't screen it. Okay. Yeah. So you're not that take capable. Well, I mean, if you want to pay extra for the auto screener, no, I want you. To, yeah. No, hell no, pay extra. <laughs> why don't you? Why don't you bring it right. to the show? Sweet. All right, all right, caller, you are on the air. Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Thank you. The KTM six six nine. Is this John? Cars. This is Sean. Sean. Because if you're doing equal <laughs> amounts of pavement to to fire road or two track it's just so comfortable on the highway and it tracks well sometimes the extra 30 pounds or 50 pounds mm -hmm. to the 500 just helps you not get blown around when you're on the pavement i totally agree with everything you just said 
That's a great way to shut them up, isn't it? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, I, I, I totally agree with what you just said. But so my, my comeback is, well, why if you're if you're going to do equal amounts pavement to dirt, why wouldn't you just get a twin cylinder uh, adventure bike? Is my question. Well, I have a R twelve hundred TS, which is even better down the highway. But right, and I'm not going to disagree with that either. <laughs> So, so if we're comparing it to for highway bikes, and fifty percent of your time is spent on road, I don't, I don't even, I, I mean, so that means, yeah, it the 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 fifty the fifty percent of the time that you spend off road, you're going to really be fighting it, and I, I don't feel like I want to take a KTM six ninety platform that whether whatever color it is onto any place where I wouldn't feel comfortable taking my Tenere 700, for instance, or we're taking the, you know, my KTM 1090 in all honesty, I don't really, cause once, once a bike that's that heavy, once you add that 50 pounds and it, and it tips over and it kind of falls over, you're kind of in deep trouble. You know, it's not, most of us don't just spring right back off and pick those things up unless it's a bmw because those don't fall over very far they have a they have a, a built-in accessory cylinder head stand <laughs> so anyways does that does that make sense absolutely yeah and, and last week you're real clear on, on just uh we're talking about helmets you just said fit and weight right fit is number one weight is number two no no uh so i said matt six criteria for laying out a a motorcycle and and if you could organize those from one to six that would be great this you sent matt six criteria for laying out a motorcycle did you get this matt i think i did yeah oh okay yeah and and and, okay we got this awesome question matt and you Mm -hmm. didn't you didn't uh print it out it's not on the list i didn't print out there there was a I can print it out right now. Okay, we need to do this. This is a, this is a good. This is a good. This might be a whole show. That that I'm, I'm just glancing at it on the screen right now, Sean. This could be a whole show. Do we have our other? Does it seem like we got our other KTM 690 uh, caller? And and Sean, correct me if I'm wrong. You have you have a CR 450 also, correct? Right. I'm hoping it's on. Right. Today. So you have you have too many you have too many bikes. So you shouldn't be picking on the people that only have one bike. Oh wait, you were defending them. My my bad. <laughs> so my I don't have too many bikes. I have too small of a garage. Too small of a garage. <laughs> Understood. I, I have I have the same problem in uh, certain aspects. So awesome. Well, hey, thanks for calling in, Sean. Uh, you know what? Thank you. You need to get. What what size t shirt are you? Is he there? You hang up. No, he's still there. You should yeah. still be there. What, what size t shirt are you? Uh, triple X. Triple X. I might have something for you. Send 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 an email to me or Matt, and uh, we'll see if we can get you a, a t shirt out. But thanks again for supporting the show and giving us a call, and for uh, make forcing me to agree with you. <laughs> Okay, who's our who's our next caller there? All right, we'll bring him in. All right, caller, you are live on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is Jimmy? Yeah, this is Jimmy. Who's this? 
This is John Bailey. John. Okay. Uh, the the next the next person that's going to convince me that the no wait you wanted to we you wanted to elaborate on the KTM six ninety. So it's the first first bigger bike I've ever bought. It was a I ride a you know mostly ride the three fifties and or three hundreds and three fifties. Okay. So I stepped up, getting a little older, wanted to to try the the adventure bike market. Mm-hmm. Everybody teased me that it's the smallest adventure bike, but I wanted something I could feel comfortable taking off road. So I've done I've done some pretty hard stuff on it, and it doesn't turn, it doesn't stop, <laughs> but if you're in a straight line, it feels great. Uh, I'll agree. So, so do you have any experience on any of the any other it, it larger adventure bikes? Any twin cylinder ones? Anything bigger? Nothing. No. Okay. So this is where this is where uh, I have I have a lot of experience on a lot of those different bikes and. When when a lot of that's why I always ask when people tell me they say oh why the six the six ninety is so great at both and you think about it just say okay you have a three fifty and would you want to do the stuff you do on your three fifty on your six ninety yeah and you get into trouble right and and this is the same reason like when you know the trouble you get in the six ninety is exactly the same trouble you get on get on with on any bike that all of a sudden starts hitting 400 pounds or south of that it's just becomes a handful and it doesn't matter whether it's a single cylinder or a twin cylinder it all comes down to weight how heavy is this and i will and i i, I always stand by this i'll pretty much take my 1090 any place that i i would take a 690 and my 1090 does the stuff that i would really want to be doing on a 690 much better or for instance the same displacement a 10 or a 700 similar displacement has an extra cylinder i don't really think i would take the 690 any place that i wouldn't take the 10 or a 700 so it's kind of it's it's kind of a different kind of bike now we're getting some crackling there chief we're trying to we're trying to bump the phone the phone volume up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is that is yeah, that? I can barely hear you. Now I can now I can hear him. Yep. Yeah, we can hear him a little bit better. So that got boosted. You spin some knobs over there. Yeah. I don't know if you know how to run that. By thing. the way, I've never called in live to any show ever. This is the best show ever for calling in live because we're actually not that popular. Hardly any. There's not forty five people watching it. No, there's more fifty six right now and then the thousands that'll when it's get that yellow plug see that yellow plug that's dangling that's causing a problem yeah get that away from there don't let those wires cross as usual i'm telling my uh, tech producer how to tech the show yeah that's a little better (laughs) yeah yeah he said see it got better that that's providing feedback uh it's a bad feedback loop you don't want to do that it doesn't belong i'm still getting it though oh you're still getting it yeah yeah Bad wires, too many phones, too many things going on. <laughs> so it's so anyhow. Uh, well, thanks for thanks. So I would say at some point or other, when you get a chance, like KTM has awesome uh, demo rides that you can go on. A lot of the manufacturers at some of these things, if you have the chance to to get a, to to take a spin on a bigger bike, give give that a shot and see if that kind of changes how you think. I mean, not to say that this that as far as a single cylinder bike. Uh, to you know a highway road miles and stuff like that the the 690 kills it that, that i've i've said it before individually that thing ha- that bike has a lot of really good 
components and and parts but like as a package it's trying to do too much and and i think there's just a perception of hey it's the 650 size and that's the do everything size well not really anymore because i would rather because I'm, I'm coming from the dirt side i would rather overload my 500 and suffer with it on the highway knowing how much more capable it was doing the dirt side now a street guy might come from a different direction because where they want to go in the dirt isn't nearly where I want to go in the dirt and then and then you could maybe have that argument a little bit more but they don't call us dirt bike test for nothing right so did i elaborate enough looks like kind of a stick in the middle kind of fill in yeah maybe that's why the, the the guy i met down in baja teased me about it <laughs> <laughs> he's on a 990 okay and the, the 990 is the same bike. Actually, I think I think suspension wise, I think your bike's better. I think it's a little bit. I think your bike's a little bit better. Actually, your bike would go like on the on the really washboardy roads in Mexico. Your bike would be better than a than a 990. So, tell him that. Tell him I said so. <laughs> All right, I will. Okay, thanks for calling in. Really, I really. Uh... Yeah, thank you, Jimmy. I, I, I've been following you since your dirt bike days or dirt dirt rider days. Oh yeah, I'm still around. They they can't yeah. they can't get rid of me. I found out that all you have to do is have like a, a small cell phone, and you can you can literally do an entire podcast, right, Matt? Yeah, if you know what you're doing. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing though. But anyways, <laughs> hey, thanks for calling in, and we'll uh, we'll see you out in the trail. Yeah. Thanks, Jimmy. Maybe I'll come down and see you someday in Perum. Awesome. Have yeah. Okay. See you. So, so, uh, oh, I know what we need to bring up. Why do I only hear half of this conversation? Can't hear the caller. Well, guess what? That's because you're on Instagrams and you're instantly getting screwed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you're not, you're not wired into this whole thing. You're kind of like exterior. So SF Safritas 28G. Yeah, sorry you only got half the conversation. If you're watching us on the YouTube channel, because on the YouTube, if you look over here, see all these wires and stuff? See, see that mess down there? Yeah, that mess down there is uh, is the mess that uh, that makes the sound come into the other show. So, But I can answer your questions instantly. And if you notice, Johnny Campbell came into this, and he said... Jimmy is a certified legend. I was going to bring this up later, but since you since you brought it up, Johnny, hold on. Just hold your horses. He's correct. I am. Let me get it to you here. I I got certified as a legend. I'm going to put it up on this. So it says right there, certified legend, and that's my name. So over this weekend, I uh, got to go to the. Um, I'm going to try to aim it the right way so it's not jacked up with the lights. There we go. I went to the Handstands at 100 event. This is put on by Johnny Campbell and Scott Harden, and somehow they recognized me as a as a certified legend along with some other real true legends. Uh, Lori Conway. Mm -hmm. Chuck Miller. Dick Vick. And... 
I'm, I'm so bad with names. And I, I was talking to, uh, Jack Johnson. <laughs> so there we go. I was the I was the kid in the in the group. They probably they tried try, trying to attract the younger crowd, so they they uh, picked me. <laughs> so I'll hang. I'm going to hang this up on the. I'm going to hang this up on the wall back here, so everybody knows because I hate to have to explain this to people all the time. Is it going to go? Is it going to go? Is it going to replace the ISDE medals? Uh no, <laughs> no. But I, I I think I got this award because I had ISDE medals or something. Oh, there we go. Actually, not really because. Uh, I'm going to try to get it balanced up there. Good enough. Hey, perfect. Okay. So I got, I got it mostly because they recognize it's really about desert racing. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of a group that does uh, desert racing and uh, Baja and stuff like that. And luckily the only one, the only, they, they called up winners from all these different races. Like if you had a district 37, number one plate and I do, I don't have any, I guess I don't have any real district 37, number one plates. You know, they're just like, cause it's like C class and X class and overall enduro and those don't really count, but uh, I got a bunch of those and then I got to stand up there cause I won the Baja 1000 this one time mm. cause Johnny needed a partner. And then they called up like Vegas Torino winners cause they were trying to recognize some Nevada desert racing stuff. And mm-hmm. I was standing next to Johnny and I'm like, sorry, cause we would have won if I hadn't crashed. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I got an award for that. So, uh, thanks, Johnny, for um, uh, doing that. Jimmy taught me how to be tough. Yeah, that's what Johnny says. Huh. It's just to put up with my crap all the time. That's why I have to be <laughs> tough. I have another kid that's out here doing some rally training right now, and that's he, he says, yeah, people think you're kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, Are they entirely wrong? No, no, it's different, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, oh, you're yeah. pointing at me now. Yeah, I'm just kind of showing what's going on in the here. People are we're here gonna, for you. We're, we're gonna get. I know we're gonna we're gonna get. Uh, oh, you reminded me. I needed to add some ums here. Some ums. Yeah, there's a few there, but Rusty Neal wants a replica of that for his garage. He wants the thing, and there's some questions that we got to. Yeah, get. I'm just want to make sure I didn't miss any. Okay, all right. So from Facebook user. Hey, y'all, did my first oil change is recommended at the one-hour mark. But the recommended Moto <laughs> Mototrex spelling, <laughs> sorry, the Mototrex oil, change filter and clean and clean screen, watched a video from Slavin's Racing, and he recommended putting in a, a break-in oil back in and change around, change around again around five-hour mark with recommended oil. What's y'all's th- thoughts on this? Ah. Uh. Everybody gets, I mean, Facebook user, if, if that bike is your absolute princess and you want to treat it like just a princess and like imagine how people treat their children, like the ones they mm-hmm. like, I would do all that and maybe even more. But if you're just worried about having a good dirt bike that works, I would, now that you've changed the oil, sometimes bikes come with break-in oil in them and sometimes they don't. And you can do a lot of research. Chris Reel is probably out there. I saw Chris at the... They should have made Chris a legend for like an industry status. Yeah. Um, but Chris would probably pipe in on what like breaking oil is. It's just, it's just another oil. But now that you change it, change it again, ride it five, 10 hours, whatever you feel comfortable with, change it again. Don't, don't worry about all this other stuff. I've ridden so many brand new bikes, brand new to me or brand new from a manufacturer provided a manufacturer i've seen the way manufacturers break in the bikes that we're going to test and it goes everything from they pull them out of the crate and they hand them to us to they to they tear them apart and check every part 
and they run them on a dyno for a certain amount of time and they run them through heat cycles. And some of the best bikes, the longest lasting bikes I've ever ridden were abused from the moment they were started the very first time and just run hard and never really, they were maintained properly, not excessively. Mm-hmm. And some of the worst running bikes, the ones that somebody took the most care to take apart and check every piece and part and do all that. So it's, I think if you just do what's normal, do what the manual says and you can't go wrong. And if you, and if you miss the manual a little bit, like overdo it just a little bit, like go by overdo it. I don't mean like do what it says more, do, do, do less than you're supposed to. You're probably still going to be fine. So I didn't, uh, I mean, my, my break-in thing is I usually, if I get a brand new bike, I'll heat cycle it a couple times just for the heck of it. I'll take it and ride it around, you know, run it through the transmission, you know, a few times, you know, just make sure everything's good. Another heat cycle. Then I'll take it out and I'll go on a easy. Yeah. So this is exactly what I'm saying. Chris Real, right there. Run in heat cycles and modest RPM are ideal. So I take it, ride it around, never really kind of stress it too much. Just kind of take it easy. I usually go, I usually go find a turn track or something that's like a turn track. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of just try to flow through the turns without putting big stresses on the motor, big loads in the motor, let it cool down. And then I ride the piss out of it. And maybe I'll change the oil after that one. First time I change the oil, I inspect all the filters. Just make sure there's, there's always stuff in it but i make sure there's no bad stuff in it by bad stuff i mean like chunks of metal (laughs) and sometimes you get some small metal debris there's usually a lot of aluminum debris in there there's a lot sometimes there's gasket material uh sometimes there's silicone there's a lot of stuff in there take it out change it then maybe change the the next one after a few hours or whatever i wouldn't worry about it too much Pull it out, look at the screen, and that one should be pretty darn clean. I mean, there'll be more aluminum and stuff in it than after your fifth oil change. But after your fifth oil change, you shouldn't see anything for a long time. And then then you'll start seeing stuff from wear over longer periods of time. Just if you see brass, that's not good. You know, that kind of those kind of middle uh, stuff. If If there's stuff, if the magnet has chunks on it later in life, in the beginning, yeah, it's going to have some chunks on it. Magnet has chunks on it later in life. Uh, something's coming apart. Check it. That's a. Those are those are my things. So so question from me, mm-hmm. and uh, I will I'll, uh, I'll bring it back around. Have you watched the MXD on all the way through? I think I'm I'm halfway through the second moto. Okay, then I'm not going to ask you the question I was going to ask you. Then mm. does it? Spo- it's a spoiler alert. It's kind of a spoiler. Well. It's kind of a spoiler, yeah. No, it it uh, you can ask me. I don't care because I know what happened. Oh, so. okay. So, do you think you think uh, Tomac was putting his bike through heat cycles in the pits after the race? There, I don't know if you saw the videos afterwards. No, I haven't seen anything. I, oh. Like I said, I'm I'm halfway through the second moto. Oh. I didn't really even read the press releases. So, so oh. uh, I mean, if they were if they were revving things up and holding yeah. it on the revler. By the way, yeah. I'm not a big fan on, you know, blowing bikes up and doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, but you, you know, in all honesty, and the reason that they'll do that is that motor is going into a trash bin, essentially mm-hmm. Th- those, a lot of those bikes, they're, they're hand built out of parts. They can't be sold. The parts have a life cycle and a time cycle on it. And especially after a muddy race, which it looked like it was getting muddy, or I don't know what the third model looks like, but mm-hmm. it looked like it was getting muddy. That engine is ruined. It it's, 
they, 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 they can't, I mean, they might be able to take it out and use it in a practice bike or something, but they, these guys are so highly paid and are so valuable. They're not going to risk anything on these guys, even when, and so if the bike, if they suspect that the bike got overly hot, the stuff that happens like small amounts of warping and, and, you know, surfaces get, you know, the imperfections of the surface, there's a lot of parts, like I said, that have time cycles on. They're not going to, it's like, it's going to get thrown away anyways. And if it's going to get rebuilt they they know what parts don't bend, warp to flex. They'll put those back, you know, maybe the cases get used again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so okay. I, I mean, and, and just listen to the way, like someone like Justin Barsha rides. Mm-hmm. Okay. All you hear is the rev limiter. And then you're worried about like, you know, r- running your bike a little bit high in the RPMs, not going to hurt it. These things. And I mean, and those things are, have rev limiters that are way higher than your bike. Right. Okay, so George said explain, explain heat, cycle. heat cycle. And actually, I think that'd be a good thing to explain. It's simple. It's the motor's cold, and it heats up and it warms up. Mm-hmm. And it comes to operating temperature, maybe above operating temperature in certain cases, mm-hmm. and then it cools back down. That's a that's a heat cycle. Like tires, oh, yeah. can, tires can go through heat cycles. It's a very big deal, like in Formula One, mm-hmm. like the heat cycles of the tires, how the, you know, what it does to the to the to the rubber, the way the rubber changes after it heats up because. It's not like like rubber heats up and it loses some stuff. Like stuff goes, you know, the, the the bonds, the chemical bonds. And I'm not a chemist, nor do I even try to play one on this podcast. But so so when it cools back down, it has less of something, or maybe something changes into something else, or on certain areas, like you know, things cook and they don't stick together better, or they get hard, or you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Same thing can happen in your in your motor to a, to a certain extent, but not, not that much. But with the heat cycle, if, if there's some imperfections like in the cylinder or on the piston and you run it in nice and slow, that thing can kind of wear down as opposed to, you know, scar in, right. You know, cam journals and things like that. Things where things where there's bearings that are pressed, you know, they can kind of, they can loosen up just a little bit. Cause you imagine it's not perfect. You put it together. It might be a couple little tight spots and those tight spots can sort of get massaged away with the, with the cushioning effect of the oil. Mm-hmm. Man, did I just make that sound kind of cool? Very cool. Yeah, that's good. A lot better than that front fender we talked about last week. Oh boy. <laughs> that, 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 that led to some uh, lengthy discussions. Really? Where? Oh, nowhere. I was, uh, I was just trying to make with a, your a joke. With your mom? No. <laughs> trying to make a joke, but. Yeah, okay. Weren't girthy jokes, discussions. Joke's though. on me. Uh, so anyways, hey, everybody on the, on the, I'm scrolling down to see if we have any comments on the Instagrams, which we don't. So I'm going to send you guys down the road. Thanks for joining in. If you want to get, I had to start the show earlier and do something stupid, more stupid. You should start it like in your pool or something. Okay. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna have to be soon because it's getting cold out here. Okay. I mean it was only like ninety degrees today or something. So mm-hmm. that pool, it's like it's not it's not eighty eight anymore. It's like down in the seventies. So anyways, everybody we'll see you guys out on the trail and uh, tell a friend, by the way. And check us out on YouTube or Facebook. Yeah, YouTube well, and if you want to follow along, go over to Dirt Bike Test YouTube channel, Dirt Bike Test Facebook channel, or you can find this on all your podcasting platforms because why would you want to listen to this right now? You can listen to it while you're doing something more constructive like taking a dump. Okay, with that, we're going to see you a little bit later on that channel. Okay, and now I'd like to end my live video. Sweet. Now.
All right, right. so I'm going to bring up a question or a thing from uh, George Justice while you're doing that. Old guy a long time ago told me to break in a new engine. Don't over-rev, lug, or run at constant load slash RPM for a long time. Also, periodically chop the throttle for a bit to create a vacuum to to suck some oil up to the rings. Uh, then Chris Riel seemed to add to that point of run at modest speeds, then slower speeds, let it cool occasionally. If you are running a new bike hard enough to make the fan come on, then it's too hot for a fresh bike. Fresh is under an hour of riding. That's all. That's all excellent advice. Kind of what I was, kind of what I was alluding to. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think, you know, I mean, with all the different oils and stuff like that, I mean, I think you can go, you can go to the wrong side. You can put too slippery of an oil in too early. Mm-hmm. I just just run normal stuff. If the manufacturer re- recommends it, you're going to be safe. Mm-hmm. Just don't th- do anything crazy. Don't do anything crazy at the beginning. What show is this? Tech Talk Taco Tuesday number? 158. 158. Hey, something else you people out there should be very aware of is the Ojawi Motorcycle Club in Boise, Idaho are fighting a battle to keep their track open. Their track is just outside outside downtown Boise. They've been there for a long time. Go to their website and you can search it. But we have a link to their raffle. They're raffling off a Husky 501 and some other cool stuff, including a Jimmy Lewis off-road training class, a $900 value at that. So go there, uh, help them. They're trying to, what they have to do is they're in a legal battle and they've, they've had a settlement where they have to provide some drainage because it's like anything. The rich people around that moved in and said, oh my God, there's a motorcycle track next to the property I bought. They can't get rid of it because it's sort of grandfathered in, but they can say, hey, you're contaminating the water. And so now they have to do something to, you know, have mitigation uh, measures for the water. So let's help those guys out. I've ridden there before a long time ago. It's, it's an awesome thing. These are the kind of things that, that we need to stand up and fight against because we can't just have dumb rich people moving in and saying, you know what? I don't like what you do, so I'm going to make you stop because I've got lawyers. Let's just stop it right there. And I don't care whether it's a motorcycle track or dumb rich people with a lot of money doing other stupid things because they don't like what us poor people are doing. Motorcycles kept me out of trouble. And if I didn't have dirt bikes, I'd probably be – a totally different person and not very happy. So let's keep the kids happy. Let's keep this track open. Uh, we put the link up in to our stream, our current stream. And just like last week, I'll put it in the description of the podcast. The description of the podcast. Uh, let's help them raise the money to get that uh, drainage, drain, drainage. Big shout out diversion. to Sean Elliott, who well, called in earlier, called in earlier. And he bought 65 tickets for a hundred dollars. For, for the for those guys i hope he wins that husky 501 and yeah. then he, he he'll ride it and he'll go man i was so wrong about that ktm 690 <laughs> <laughs> so anyways uh okay we have any other questions there questions uh, oh from the chat right now yep uh none from the chat that i see making sure i didn't miss any hey do you know that the flex handlebars are the best modification you can do for your bike if your forks suck so instead uh, of going instead of going to a suspension tuner and everybody's like, what? Flex handlebars make my forks better? Yeah, if you have harsh forks, believe it or not, that's how good those bars are. Mm. Is they actually make good forks bad. Plus, they take the impacts out of your wrists. I've been running it forever. It's the only reason I can ride two days in a row anymore, because if I ride like a motocross bike that doesn't have those bars, my wrists all swell up and they're all sore. Mm-hmm. I love them when I'm doing long distance riding. I have them on all my adventure bikes. If you're curious about flex handlebars, go to fast 
fastcompany.com. That's F A S S T for the Flex Anwar. So just thought you need to know that. We have anything else? So we have a question from Western Rogers just now. It's a Husky Recluse question. Mm-hmm. I have the EXP. I have the EXP Auto Clutch worked great out of the box. Suggested free play gain. Free gain. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Free play gain. Yeah, as described. One year later, I fe- I feel it dragging at stoplights. I can't figure out if it's a broken clutch switch, not dropping RPMs, or the plates are warped. Could be any of those things. So so if you installed it and you were happy with the way it was working. And now it's doing something funny. Did you readjust the free play gain? Because that needs to be adjusted. Because as it wears, if you understand what the free play gain does, what it's doing is it's holding the clutch sort of open. So imagine pulling your clutch in just past the friction zone so it doesn't drag. Mm -hmm. That's what free play gain is. It's holding it's holding the clutch pack just barely open. And but then when you accelerate a little bit, what the recluse disc does, the EXP disc is it has some springs and wedges. And the springs squeeze the plates together that keep it closed, and the wedges are in there. And as it spins faster, the wedges try to go out, and they expand the clutch. So it's like you're releasing your clutch. That's why. That's how it works. So free play gain, when adjusted properly, holds it open just enough so that when you accelerate just a little bit, those wedges come out, and your clutch starts to engage. Mm-hmm. And it's all this magical engineering, crazy science except it's probably just really simple numbers and a formula that they have. But so that needs to be adjusted every so often. The recluse manual is very good at explaining how to do it. They give you a rubber band and all these things. I simply make sure my bike's in neutral, put lever pressure on the lever and I rev the bike up. Vroom, just vroom, like that. And you put lever pressure on and you'll feel the clutch lever come in a little bit. And the reason for this is, is because as that thing expands, it's actually pushing. If you put pressure on it, you're, you're compensating for the spring pressure and you feel it open. And that movement indicates that there's quote free play gain. So, so you, so you, you pull, like I said, you're pulling, you're pulling the clutch and you feel it go away. Cause I felt this on your bikes. Yeah. So it's, it's explained. I don't know if I explained it the best right there, but it's explained very clearly in, in the manual. I do it almost every time I ride one of my recluse bikes just to check it to make sure I have it. Because if you don't have it, your clutch will it's, – it's open too much, and your clutch will essentially fry itself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and before it totally fries itself, it usually gets itself really hot. That can cause plates to warp. Uh, that can cause ex- premature wear and lots of other stuff. So – it might need uh, lots of uh, lots of different things at this point. Uh, a year without any adjustment is a long time, and it didn't sound like. And did he say he was adjusting it regular? He was just mm. or regular, just no. But I think he's still he's still on the chat because okay. he said I made sure it's good. Seems to be he adjusted, adjusted good. good. And what was his other what was his other thing? Uh, did he uh, down a little bit? Husky seven hundred one. Oh, it's on a 701. Yeah. Well, that's half the problem right there. That's the <laughs> bike. No, just kidding. So hopefully that works. Yeah. Uh, Western, yeah. Feel I, free to. I, I, I'm trying to think. I'm trying chat. to think of what else could. So, so what was it? So what was it doing? It wasn't working as good. Oh, that's why oh. I was trying to see the bottom part of the question. Like over, it's dragging at stoplights. So let me just think about this. If you, if, if, a lot of times, yeah, it, it could be warp plates. A lot of times that could just be a little bit of free play gain adjustment. You can kind of tune that in or out. 
I've never really seen the small springs uh, go bad. And the only other thing I could think that is that it could cause it from dragging. It really depends on how much you're using it is I've seen the aluminum that I've seen the Teflon pads and, but it took about 500 hours for the Teflon pads to wear down a bit and the aluminum plates to wear down, down a little bit. So the EXP disc, it wasn't sliding as well. And so it would actually kind of stay a little bit expanded. It wouldn't collapse all the way back down. Mm-hmm. But since I like mine to drag a little bit all the time, that's what mine are always doing. Yeah. So it's normal for me. So I, I don't, I've never gone from not dragging at all to dragging. Mine always drag just a little bit. So, uh, on my personal bikes. So I think the clutch sensor is broken. Pressing on the clutch lowers the RPMs. Doesn't seem to be doing that anymore. Clutch sensor. Let's you mentioned see. idle sensor up here and then. Oh, idle sensor. Uh, huh? Huh? That's not making any sense to me. Pressing the clutch lowers the RPM. So he means pulling the clutch in, the RPM's lower. Because I don't think there's any, there's not any kind of a stepper motor inside of that that, that knows that it's, it's not like a, yeah, now I'm confused even more, Weston. So hopefully we can help you out. What is George? George, I challenge listeners to donate and post tonight. 150 tickets total, $200 best uh, of oh, thanks, George. stakes. And thank you again for supporting the Oahe Motorcycle Club. I hope, George, I hope you win a uh, uh, gift certificate for the Jimmy Lewis off-road training for that <laughs> particular thing You can because you can use it. So Western is saying there's a sensor on the clutch lever on the Husky 701. Okay, so what that does is it allows you to start the motorcycle. So when you it makes sure that you have the clutch pulled in if you're in gear so that it starts the motorcycle. It really doesn't do anything else that I know of. So it would just not allow you to start the bike um, with the clutch disengaged and the bike in gear. What is the Husky FE350 question? So this is from Matthew Lynn. 22 Husky FE5, oh, sorry, Husky FE350S deleted the stock LH light switch replaced with XC headlight switch on, on the replaces the turn signal indicator light. The light works, brake light works, but no running light right now. <laughs> running light right now. Is there a secondary ground for running light on the rear? Do I look like an electrician? Like at all? Uh, I've seen you do some good electrical work. Really? <laughs> what, get electrocuted myself? Yeah, I did see you do that too. <laughs> so so my uh, thought to you is, what was the last thing you touched in that whole thing? Go back and undo that, and then, then it'll work again. Also, isn't there wiring diagrams in the owner manual that can... Have you ever looked at those? Like They're definitely not. Yeah, bad. wiring schematics? Yeah, it, it it's yeah you can figure. But now he's he's taken off a, a, a. I bet you it worked perfect when it was stock, right, Matthew? So it, you took a good working thing and threw it in the trash, and you put this modification on. This is why I like modifying stuff all the time. So you put this modified thing on. Now the bike doesn't work. So uh, is there a secondary ground for running the light on the rear? KTM uses the frame as a ground, and. And to go out back there, they have to have a ground as well. And they have ground wires running all over that thing. So it's, it's dedicated, but it, would it be – all the grounds should be connected to each other. They, they should – at some point, they should all be connected to each other. So I don't know 
if that switch has that, um, you know, eliminates that. If it's something that was, you, you know, Takamoto's working on? No, what are they working on? They're working on these different wiring harnesses, and they're literally going to be plug and play so that this stuff doesn't happen. Oh, there we go. Yeah, and and, and it's a it's a much needed thing, but I think it's going to be a he, he better have a couple of um, uh, very attention to detail oriented employees that can hyper focus on things like wiring. So I suggest. Uh, uh, oh boy, I'll get in trouble if I say what I'm thinking. You should get really autistic people that are into, or or tweakers <laughs> that are really into wiring. And I don't care which. I mean, I don't want to discriminate, but usually get somebody that's super focused that can they can they can pick up the order and it's like, hey, I want to wire my real rear tail light into my handlebar thumb switch and da da, and then they can they can do this. So. Uh, for Thanks for trying. I guess I'll break out the voltmeter. You mean you didn't have how? How do we know anything about grounds and without the voltmeter? <laughs> I I have one that spins. It has a knob and it spins all the way around, and it has it goes on all these little funny symbols that I don't know what they mean and everything. And so I just I like licking the battery. If you know what I mean. Start with nine volts. It's a good good place to start. Okay, time for some tequila. Matt, what's the next question? All right. So while you're doing that, so, you know, we'll move into questions that were submitted. Oh, I, did I steal them? You did steal them. I've, I normally, I've been printing two copies, so this one happened. I guess today I just wanted to save, uh, save a fraction of a tree. Okay. So this was actually posted. This was a commented on our post to the FEX, uh, FEEXE tech group. So this is from Lucas Stanois. Mm -hmm. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Oh, that camera got knocked. Looking for recommendations on setup for a Husaberg 570 for a 10-day Baja trip. Any intel on bike setup would be appreciated. A Husaberg 570 going to Baja for 10 days. Well, hopefully you don't have to work on it. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I kind of had a feeling that was going to be part of your answer. <laughs> that was, so make sure you do all your work in your garage at home when you have a lot of time to be very, very careful with the wire routing that goes down along the side of the shock shaft. There's a big, giant clump of wires, and and it makes it difficult to remove the subframe, and it it's really it's it's a that that's that's the fault center for that motorcycle i don't know what you're doing for gas tanks okay we got to talk about the tequila so now victor no sincuro you know i'm gonna uh to all the actually i think i need to beg for a uh some sort of a alcohol sponsor because it is like just mm -hmm. mentioning it lightly doesn't matter so should i just get on my knees and beg that is that how you do it on the in the digital world these days i'm asking yeah uh no i think it's uh i can offer this company some advice i just i just had a i haven't even drank any yet um it's a design flaw in this bottle i just un revealed so the design flaw that if sincuro if sincuro would like to sponsor this podcast or any other tequila company for that matter i will say nothing but nice things about your stuff and i can offer you product improvement suggestions after consuming enough to be an expert Okay, back to the question on the Husaberg. Is that that clump of wires? You want to make sure that that's that that the chain isn't getting up close to it. That it's it's not rubbing too much. I mean, it's going to get pinched in there. So I used to wrap it with uh, 
kind of a, what's that kind of tape that sticks to itself? Like it's a radiator repair tape. I used to wrap my wiring harness in there after I knew it was all Sano because I just didn't want to get it um, blasted. I don't know what he's doing for a gas tank, but if you're running like a rear auxiliary tank, make sure that the, that the, that the connection between those tanks, make sure that line is fresh because long time on the bike tends to fatigue right there. And then you lose all, not only do you lose all the gas in your rear tank, you lose all your gas in your front tank. And then you got to take those things apart and you have to play with that after mentioned wiring cluster along with juggling the subframe ish tank and the muffler and the shock and it, the whole bike like literally wants to like fall apart. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those cakes that you, it looks really nice and it's like all these layers and stuff and you go to touch it and it just collapses. This is what a Husaberg does when you start working on it. And that's only the back <laughs> half. So he should hire a chase truck for the Baja on the 570 says TW Hicks. No, just make sure it's ready to go. Uh, yeah. Lucas is actually in the chat and he uh, uh, he's planning on running a stock tank and carrying an extra two gallons. Where are you going to carry two gallons? Like, I mean, one gallon is bad enough. That's 12. You ever put 12 pounds on your back or uh, that's yeah. One bag, one gallon's enough. I'm pretty sure a gallon snapped a, a subframe on my mom's bike 10, 11 years ago. What bike was that? CRF 250L. There's like a, a gallon of gas on the back. And the, the trail was, a, the trail, like not even going all that fast, but the trail was, uh, uh, and Poopy. we also, yeah, it was a little, it was like a whooped out trail. And clearly there had to be something wrong with, with the subframe. I mean, I'll bet you, I'll bet you it was stronger than a, than a Husaberg yeah, subframe. Yeah. Actually, the stock plastic ones are actually pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, the ones that have the gas tanks in it are, yeah, they're just, just, uh, you know, like, it's like, I don't care what bike, it, it doesn't matter whether it's a Husaberg. If you're going to take your bike someplace and, and someplace and go on a, like a long ride, they ask yourself, have you done like, you know, so you're going to do 10 days. Have you done two or three days? And then what do you do after two or three days? And then, or have you just taken it and ridden for maybe five days without doing any work on your bike just to see what one gallon on my bike and another on a poor friend's bike? Okay. I don't know where you're going to put a gallon, but on the bike, maybe in the side. I, I've never like hung. Like when we carry the gas bag, it's always on the back. Yeah, yeah, it's always on the back. It's always on the back. Uh, we don't really ever strap that thing on on anything because they flop around. And I've never tried to. I when I get when I get done with that, I roll it up and stuff it in my little side pannier thingy, you mm-hmm. know, my little tool bag thing. But it doesn't matter what you know. Have you have you gone through this ritual of of riding your bike and then and like how often are you going to see a chase truck and how often are you going to have access to parts? What parts are you going to take? Because I could. I bet you 75% of the bikes that I own, I could take out right now and I could go ride them for 10 days. Mm-hmm. No problem. And I wouldn't probably need anything but gas. And at some point, probably tire it depends how you're riding tires. Like, you know, most of them are kind of ready in a point where it's not going to hurt them if they went 10 days on oil. Mm-hmm. It's probably would nice to be having oil change. But it's not like something is going to wear out in that time frame. And I'll tell you that my school Husaberg 570 has 
I'll do probably like, well, I change the oil in at least once a year. So it does like, you know, 12, 14 classes. No, I change it once or twice in there. I change it when I can start feeling the shifting getting funny or the clutch acting funny. Mm-hmm. But might be good to, you know, do stuff like change your brake fluid, you know, flush the brake fluid out or just bleed it out. It's real easy to do. I did my KTM 1090. Talked about it last week. What else would I do? Same thing. Make sure your, you know, hydraulic clutch fluid. Pump that. So do I prefer the dark tequila or light? Light color is a younger tequila Utah desert racer asks. Uh, I don't, I used to like um, uh, basically uh, Blancos, you know, the, the white tequilas, the clear ones. I used to like those. And then I started liking some aged tequila. So there's, now we're talking about tequila. It's Reposado and Anejo. It's in the, so, it's in the show now. So Reposado is aged just a few years and Anejo is aged, aged longer. I think there's, there's, I don't know the exact terms, but I don't, I don't have a particular, it's just each, it's brand more than anything else. Brand and consistency are the things I like in tequila. This is actually really good, by the way. This oh, is really? Really, yeah, it's, it's a it's a nice. How much is it? Smooth. I don't know, a lot. Oh, ballpark rent? Oh, it's a lot, okay. It's more than I would ever pay for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, someone gave that to me. Because I need to stop start uh, shopping for, for tequila for a gift. Oh, it, yeah. uh, just find a good cheap one that's in a, that's in an okay, not a great looking, find the cheap one in a medium level bottle got like, it like you know something that and make sure that they not none of this foo-foo stuff make sure they have uh you know an nao reposado and a blanco and then usually there's like two to four dollars between the difference in the bottles on the lower mid-range stuff try to stay away from plastic bottles in the tequila world uh, <laughs> but it works so well with with, with whiskey whiskey yeah <laughs> lots of stuff matthew needs to find a fidget spinner that pen is going to catch on fire. Wow, it, it's good. Thanks, Victor. We'll <laughs> we'll uh, put that in his uh, improvement record. I've got to fill out his uh, his employee report this week. Oh, yeah. Do we actually have that? It, oh yeah, yeah. Oh. And uh, d- did you get your sexual harassment training done? Uh, yes. Good. Then you I can't. Did. You then you should probably have me fired. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Let's yeah. See. That's uh so yeah, uh what were we talking about tequila or motorcycles tonight? Well, we were talking about both, but here so Dennis Waldorf makes a point regarding the six ninety talk for, never in my twenty six kilometer twenty six hundred kilometers riding a six ninety slash seven oh one bike in Iceland did I wish I was on my four fifty or nine ninety. Not once. So they took you on perfect trails for that vehicle. Mm-hmm. That's what he just said. There we it's go. It's not the bike, it's the trails. So I just disqualified your buddy's opinion. <laughs> He's actually going to try and uh, be down. He's going to be down here soon. So George Justice, I declare shenanigans on the words electrical Sano coming across Jimmy Lewis, Jimmy Lewis's lips. I've seen some of his work. I, I never did. I did. I ever claim electrical Sano on anything. You did say you did. You did. I mentioned those words in a sentence, but I right. didn't say I did it. Oh, I, I guess you kind of implied that it's when you're checking something over. Yeah, you said when, when you've insured everything is electrical Sano, that's when you. Oh, on my Husaberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, pff. yeah. I I know what I I know what race prep is. I I have really good. I have a really good track record with this stuff. Right. 
I, okay, so I, 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 but you know, we could get Kendall in here, and we could probably talk for about an hour about how we stripped an entire Husaberg wiring harness during a ride, mm-hmm. trying to find out why it would just intermittently shut off, and mm-hmm. then we found out it was a pulse sensor on the on the ignition. Not my fault, mm-hmm. but we checked everything, yeah. which was that's why I say don't. Don't, don't ever do it. All right. So last question before we move into our commercial break. From Austin Rogers, 06 CRF 450X, bike bogs on quick throttle snaps. I've jetted it with JD jetting specs and acceler- accelerator pump timed perfect. Would you suggest the boys in QS3 or experiment with, with leak jacks or am I way off? Are you retired and do you have centuries of time to waste? That's the question I have back. No. Uh, so the boys in uh, quick shot with the adjustable leak jet is the way to go with that. And and I I know this bike because I had a couple of them, which I sold because I didn't want to do what you're talking about doing. I had to change the jetting on those things between here for sure, summer and winter. It was a, it was a, and it was a pilot jet, a needle and uh, adjustment of the accelerator pump leak every time. And it was a pain in the ass. And then, then basically the pilot just plugged up so quick. So that's a, that's, I made those bikes go away. I like fuel injection. Mm-hmm. So no, you're, you're, you're right. But uh, it seems like they're really picky for needles pilot jets because the needle and the pilot jet always seemed to go together and it was never i could just change the needle which would have been just miraculous because i could get that i could get the needle out without having to take the carburetor off the frame which requires removing the subframe and sometimes even the shock good god uh and you and once you do that you don't ever want to have to take it so you can get the he likes old crap he's yeah he, <laughs> <laughs> there's hey there's settings for all this stuff it's just a matter of how hard do you want to work at it if you live in a, if you lived in a place where the temperature is the same and you know you're riding at the same altitude all the time you can probably get it right but that didn't work out here there were rental bikes and even though they mostly only ran during the cooler months of the year mm-hmm. if they sat in the summer i still have to pull the damn pilot jet out to clean it out and it was not more more work than i thought it was worth Hey, we told you about the. Did we get the new Yamaha reads? I haven't got those yet. Good. Then, as a as a complete, uh, uh, as as a uh, since we don't have those, we're not going to do them. Okay. Then yeah, we need to get those. We can just show the people the Yamaha. I like the YZ125. There's a commercial for the YZs. Yeah, coming soon. Hey, one other. Uh, one other thing. Let's answer these questions before we go away. Okay. I was going to come back with these after Rooster Oh, Rando. come back after break? After Rooster Endo? Yeah. Okay. So, that's, oh, I was saying commercial break, Rooster Endo. And these are, these. these are YouTube con- comments. Yeah. Okay. So, and then we also have Sean's thing as well. I might be for the whole next show. Yeah. We'll have to see. All right. We'll see you guys in a bit. If you've ever seen any one of my bikes, they all have flex handlebars on them. What are those, Jimmy? Well, Fast Company, that's www.fastco.com, makes the Flex Handlebar, and it's essentially suspension built into your handlebars. They make bad forks good. They absorb impacts like you wouldn't believe, and they're really tough. And I've been running for over 20 years, and I don't think I've ever bent a set. And if I have, I forgot about it. It was a long time ago. So these are American-made products, and until you run them, you won't realize how good they are. 
Whenever. The reason this works is the flex handlebar is stiff laterally through the steering path, but allows it to be forgiving from the load path without sacrificing control or input. This means it basically dampens the forces that you don't want, and it doesn't affect the forces you do want. So it steers properly and takes the pain out of your wrists. So if you're looking for good feel in your handlebars without suffering from catastrophic impacts or complaining that your forks are too harsh, the Flex handlebar is the solution. They make other products like the spoke torque wrench, impact pegs, really trick brake clevis and brake spring kits, and clicker adjusters. So if you're looking to get some of this stuff, check out www.fastco.com. That's spelled F-A-S-S-T-C-O.com. Remember, two S's in fast. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had, uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, all of our Taco Moto Co. branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty. And we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and nose meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. Since 2009, Seat Concepts has been dedicated to making the best aftermarket seats. More comfort, more grip, more riding. For 10 years, we've continued to raise the bar. Innovation and American craftsmanship make Seat Concepts the world-leading manufacturer of power sports seats. And we're back. Thank you for, if you support our sponsors, we appreciate that. We have lots of sponsors of the show. We actually have people that want to be sponsored. They want me to say something. Mm -hmm. And I say, well, I can say that, but it's going to cost you a lot more than what you're willing to pay. Because <laughs> then I have to sell out and I'm not really there yet. I'm close. You're close. Not there. Yeah. Got it. Actually, the good thing about our sponsors, I can say really good things about all of their all of our sponsors. I mm -hmm. use a lot of their stuff. Some companies I don't use some of their stuff. Yeah. Because it's just not for me. But it doesn't mean that that you, Matt Mattoon, yeah. might a different consumer. need a mm -hmm. front disc card from uh bulletproof designs. Right, right. Well you, I, I hope we can get a new wheel for that YZ two fifty FX. Is it bouncing on you? No, no. Somebody said you posted a picture of crashing. Posted a, a click. It was more of a meme of a me meme crashing. of you yeah. crashing. Yeah, I did a little edit. Well, you know, you you shouldn't do that. Yeah, I have a, a, a I have a yeah, no I crashing mean, policy. Yeah, I mean, 
if if you're doing something stupid and you deserved it, mm-hmm. then you can I guess you can post it if that's what you want to advertise. But I don't like crashing. I I I just I don't like to see other people crash. I just mm-hmm. don't don't like it. And not that sometimes it's like okay, it's a little bit funny, but especially it's funny if somebody does crash and they get up and nothing bad happened. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. But when people crash and get hurt, I don't like. I just I'm not the one that I'm not I guess I'm different that I don't want to watch, you know, faces of death. Mm-hmm. Well, so I, I will tell you, it was, it was a pretty harmless crash. Harmless crash. And okay. like I, I, it was, I w- was rolling out of it. And mm-hmm. when, when I roll, you know, I'm like, my legs are in the air pretty much. And I'm pretty much just, I'm, I'm trying to continue the roll. Right. Essentially. Uh, and so I just made an edit of me rolling back and forth. And oh, like a turtle, a that, the turtle ended up on his back. Yeah. And I put it to a song. Okay. So it's, it's more, it's just more fun. Yeah. It's yeah. A fun, it, it's, it's a fun It's not crash. a, haha, look at me crash. No, okay. it, it was, yeah. Look it, at me roll around on the ground. Yeah. It was just a small jump that I got sketched out on and I got on the brakes, but when I got on the brakes, I didn't pull in the front, I didn't pull in the clutch enough, bike stalled on the lip. So I just kind of. So you slowed down a lot before you crashed. I'm yeah. thinking you're going up to a jump. Yeah, and I sl- and I checked up, so I wasn't gonna, so I wasn't gonna get bucked off the bike. I didn't want to be Chad Reed in Millville. Oh, you didn't want to do a matapult? Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to do a matapult. I have I have matapulted on this jump before. That's why I, oh. I as soon as I got head shakes going into this rut, I said head no. Shake. Yeah. Uh. Okay, I'm a complete loss. I have to. Somebody has going to have to show me this. Yeah, it, yeah. It, anyway, it was a pretty harmless jump. Like I, I wasn't going fast, and yeah. You're supposed to be a riding coach. I'm a riding coach, and I don't want. I don't want the. I, I would think like, oh, you know. So somebody's there trying to decide between two riding coaches, and they're going to tie between the one that crashes mm-hmm. and the one that stands up and goes, "Look at me! I'm the best uh, beginner riding coach. Uh, I have a GS, and uh, boo! Uh, I do stunt. I mean, uh, uh, techniques. I can teach you know mm-hmm. teach you adventure bike riding techniques, and they're probably going to go with that guy because you crashed. Well. Sorry, I'm trying to get more. I'm trying to get more eyeballs here. <laughs> more, oh, attracting the crash, the crash friendly crowd. I'm just trying to attract. Just trying to uh, make people. Hey, laugh. we need to record some better rider podcasts. We by do the way. need to. I agree with this. Okay. Yeah. So why don't you schedule it? Okay. I'm here all week. Okay. <laughs> I'm planning to be out here Friday and Saturday. Okay. Maybe even Sunday. Let's see if we can get. Did you get? You got Logan coming out. Maybe get Jimmy out. We need to get Jimmy. Jimmy, who else needs to come in? Paul Neff? No, we did Paul already. John. John. We need Big John. We need Cooper. Cooper, right? Yeah, Cooper's supposed to be back out here. He wants me to rebuild his bike, but he all he knows how to do is text, and I'm not very good at texting. Mm-hmm. So a call would be appreciated. We could discuss it. Yeah. Not sure what the problem is, but I thought you did rebuild his bike. I there's parts all over the place. It's not being it's we're waiting for a cylinder. I could do everything but the top end right now. And then he could but he he said something about he wanted to buy a new top end and could I have it ready? This weekend, or I don't know what the. He was, I saw he was racing last weekend. I think. What did he race? Borrowed a bike. I think he borrowed a bike from someone else. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, he said he didn't like best the bike, bike is he... a borrowed bike. Yeah. Okay, where hey Western Western Roger says I use the Rocky Mountain link on the dirt bike test website. How do I know you're getting the credit? I don't see anything on their website. Well, if you click through in that link, uh, we'll get it. Uh, they 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 have a really good their web their website. Frankly, is one of the best. Yeah, uh, yeah. It it they've done. 
whoever set that up and the way they set it up and the way they designed it did a really good job. So if you want to check, just go back through dirt bike tests and click on it and it'll, it'll do a couple things when it goes in. I think when it very first goes in, it kind of goes to a page that says support dirt bike test. And then the cookie is good for X amount of days, but I really appreciate that. Uh, Weston, by the way, that's uh, what makes it so that I can have these nice plastic cups that go like this. <laughs> they don't break. Okay. Okay. It's time for Rooster Endo. Rooster Endo. Everyone's Who's up favorite first? segment. So up first is Sean Elliott. This is the Sean Elliott show, by the way. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Sean Elliott called in, <laughs> uh, and now he's he's he sent he sent not only has he sent Matt life advice, mm-hmm. he sent us a script for the next show. Yeah, yeah pretty much. He's getting his show's ideas. Getting his, his probably next thing you know we'll probably get sued for copyright. Yeah. So let's go. All right. So. This comes, this is, oh, he sent me the thing, but it didn't print out. It didn't print out. There we go. This is a 2017 CRF 450X. And this comes with the Tusk Street Legal kit and a Washington plate. Stock air box, engine and pipe. The jet, the carb is rejetted. Wait, 2017 and it's carb. Anyway, is uh, it, is but it, were they still twenty? When, yeah, I guess that about twenty eighteen is when they went to the they went to the new bike. So that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Hey, okay. the, the other guy, Sean, and the other guy should hook up in the chat room right now yeah, and, and discuss jetting. Yeah, compare notes. Compare notes. Uh, but a mid range knock remains in with the jetting. Kenda. Okay. <laughs> you guys don't share any bikes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Kenda Parker DT tires installed in a hard direction. Picture taken with tire logo at top of the tire. Okay. Seat concept, tall seat, trail tech Voyager pro recluse radius CX clutch installed via clay cable adjustment method. It comes with hand guards, three M helicopter tape placed on high wear locations to take the first damage 1348 sprockets a skid plate that magnifies engine that magnifies engine noise giant loop mojave bags with giant loop tool pouch front fender bag with the tire repair 21 inch tube adventure ram mount mirror left side a cherubis mirror right side set to see when standing front tugger strap ram phone holder that gets in my way of leaning forward anti-gravity l- l- lithium-ion battery kick start due to 2017 starts first kick handlebar bag for earplugs suspension screwdriver battery pack and chapstick five-speed transmission to prevent me from going too fast on the pavement warp nine supermoto wheels not yet not used yet but will try at tri-city cart track stock plastic front discard very light and honda put it on America Rally original T-shirt signed by Paul Neff. Paul Neff Dakar 2023 T-shirt signed by Paul Neff. Placeholder for signed 2023 Dakar jersey there's, signed by there, Paul there's, Neff. There's already enough Paul Neff in there, and I and you know you know the funny thing is is already in the chat. Mm-hmm. George is jet is George Justice is jealous. <laughs> you should just call him George Jealous, and he's like he's like pointing out that this dude is stalking Paul Neff. Well, better Paul Neff than me or Matt is what we always say. So. 
and and here's here's a funny thing is George hasn't even noticed that his sticker is on the side of this guy's bike and I was he hasn't say. he hasn't lit us up going look the guy's got my sticker he's the best this bike should win the whole nine yards mm-hmm. and those stickers don't go to just anyone no but Matt I, there's something you can learn from everything every day there's there's always you got to learn a lesson right and when I watched your KTM free ride uh, electric bike e yes. free ride e electric bike video yeah. by the way. Uh, oh, there's a lot I can learn from. Okay, so the one thing that pisses me off a little bit, and I've probably done it, but I'm going to say it anyways because Sean did this. See how the bike is turned, the front it is turned away from you? Mm-hmm. See, how the, see how the fork is turned away from you? You guys did this on the free ride video, and, 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 and not only did it like – it, it looked a lot like my grinder fans were pretty stoked because they pointed out they liked how close that you and um, – who are you standing next to? Was that Logan. Logan, you and Logan. They liked how close together you guys were standing. Mm-hmm. It was almost like that that handlebar because it was turned inwards, kind of squeezed out the room that you guys had and you guys were like a little, little, little close. Mm. But to me, because it's a video about the bike yeah, and not about – it's not about you or Logan and what you guys do. Mm-hmm. It's about the bike – and the bike, by turning its head, kind of like I do when I talk to people, like out in the real world, like I can't look them in the eye, it's disrespectful. Mm. So that's a disrespectful stance mm. to the motorcycle. And Sean has Sean's bike is is in this photo. I hate to say it, but Sean's bike is disrespecting me. Oh, it's not looking you in the eye. No, but George's sticker is, and that's that's also hard for me to to swallow. <laughs> he he did he did. I, I give people a lot of crap. For not, you know, taking the time to to set up their photo, mm-hmm. and and by God, he clearly did. He 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 took it outside. He set all of his stuff up there. I I kind of like that he's stalking Paul, well, supporting Paul, stalking Paul. We'll just call it that. I, I like that he has a lot of cool stuff on his on his bike. He's proud of this bike. I know he he brought it to Tour Tech Rally and literally. Literally would not stop talking about it. I think he was he was trying to convert me over to be a Honda guy or something, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm I, I I like Hondas. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, uh, roost. All right, roost. Yeah, that was it. Was getting pivotal. I mean, I don't want to say that the bike roosts. I think Sean roosts. Like, but the bike. I, I, if me and this bike ever were like left alone in a room, I'd probably kick it in the nuts. And by the nuts, I mean that? by the nuts, I mean the carburetor. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm not going to miss those rental bikes. No. So really not going to miss those rental bikes. Okay, good roost there. We got to we got to get another board. Logan, make us actually Cooper can make us another board. He's probably capable of doing that. I think. I, I would assume he is. You know, what I had him do this week last weekend. Did he tell you what jobs I gave him? Was it weeds? No. Clean the toilet in the shop. Well, that's a good job to give a kid. That, well, that's the job that I, I was given that job at the shop, uh, first very shop I worked yeah, at. Yeah, so clean. It was two things. Clean the toilet in the shop and fix the pull starter on the pressure washer yep. that, that magically broke. This looks like Jim Bartell's bike for some reason. Oh, and it is not Jim Bartell's bike. This is David uh, Warnke. Uh, apologize hey, if that's hey we're in the we're in the middle of the show and i always like to shout out to people i know who are listening to this on the podcast that work in their shop the guys at inside line moto mm-hmm. uh are down in orange county they listen to this every once in a while when they can stand it but mm-hmm. they they do good they do good work and they're probably right now laughing so hard they said this they may have dropped a circlip inside of your engine they're gonna have to split the cases 
No, I'm just kidding. They're, these guys are really good. <laughs> and there's also another shop I learned about because these guys helped me out up at the K2 Adventure Rider Alley. It's called Mad Jack Racing. They're up in Ventura County. Okay. I think they're in Moore Park, mm-hmm. Moore Park, California. And if you can't say Moore Park, you should spell it backwards. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. Okay. But so, yeah, thanks to Mad Jack Racing. I hope I hope they listen to this podcast every once in a while. Hopefully they will. So David uh, Warnke, 2020 XCFW, piggyback tuner, no reeds, end cap, 3.9 gallon tank, seat concepts, moose bibs. Does not specify if it's a 350 or 500. It's a 500. I can tell just by looking at it. Mm-hmm. It looks like Jim's bike, except it looks like it kind of has ape hanger handlebars on it. They are a little tall. They look tall. Make sure that. And look at the look at the guy in the back that's got his bike up on the on the jack rack. Yeah. On his thing. Looks like they're just unloading for. They're either loading or unloading. No, unloading because that, yeah, bike's, that bike's clean. clean. Yeah, pretty clean. I'm not big on the big giant fender pack on the back. Or on the bars. He's got a, he's got the, the bar hanger pack. That little thing is pretty cool to put some stuff in. Mm-hmm. I've I've had one of those. Actually, oh. there was a there was a guy that used to make these uh, Velcro on packs for paddle surfboards, and he made me some with my logo and stuff on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I remembered. Uh, oh, I think I've actually seen one of these on your on your bikes. Yeah, the problem is I put, start putting too much stuff in there, and they're they're only Velcroed on. They're made to hold like the garage door opener, and maybe you could stuff like a you could stuff like a your keys or a windbreaker, something really light inside there. And I always end up I get the windbreaker, the garage door opener, the keys. About $72 and change end up in there. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know why because I don't go through drive throughs in this thing or whatever. And then I'll throw the odd and then like, you know, the the lock, the, the the heavy lock for locking up a bike ends up in there. And then I pick up something on the ground, like a really pretty rock, and it's in there. And then I bounce through the hoop, dude, and it flies up and hit me in the head. Oh. <laughs> these, are, these are held on a little bit better, so it's probably not a problem. Uh, he didn't mention that, though. He only said... Big back tuner, no reeds, end cap, 3.9 tank, seat concepts, and moose bibs. He left some things out. Yeah. He yeah. does have double take mirror, though. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. I like that. Yeah. See, we know more about your bike than than you do. Bibs, that's okay. I'm not super st- – actually, does it look like it has big foot pegs on it? Oh, those do look like the they look like pegs. like rally size pegs. Good. Yeah, and with that with that pack on the back, I can see he's got this set up. I wonder what he would think about a KTM six ninety. Maybe he should have got a KTM six ninety. He's trying to disguise his KTM five hundred. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he's trying to get more power out of it. He's got a different clutch cover on that thing too, doesn't? Yeah, it? yeah, I noticed that too. You think it's maybe a little bit bigger than stock, so it has more oil in it. That is an easy way to add oil capacity. I don't know. I don't know what what do you think about adding oil capacity with a bigger clutch cover other than it sticks out more Bob well, it takes a little longer to warm up little, yeah more oil takes longer to warm up would having that extra oil capacity kind of be able to reside there would it cause more drag I mean once that clutch is spinning it's really never gonna it's never gonna like it, it I, I've seen a clear, I've seen clear clutch covers before. And once it starts spinning, it, it never can make its way. It's always leaking out of the clutch because they're usually pumping up the center shaft and just spreading it out. But it would, that oil, that extra capacity oil would end up having to 
displace itself around inside the motor and therefore the level would go up into places maybe it wasn't designed and cause additional drag? Perhaps. Of course, I'm overthinking this to a level, but you do have more oil inside there. <laughs> Yeah, except that when the motor's running, there's not a lot of oil around. Yeah, not around anything that's spinning. But th but all that oil that that's displaced by the spinning now needs to go someplace. Right. It gives it some place to go. Could that be a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, so that's an interesting question. Ninety percent of the oil, nine percent of the power absorbed by a gearbox is caused by moving oil. Moving, yeah, moving the oil, yeah. Yeah, I know that's a it's a drag. It's a drag. Well, Running through oil is drag. Oil you got, the less drag. Yeah, less exactly. <laughs> it's a it's an interesting conundrum. Um, okay, so back to this bike. Mm -hmm. This is a really nice bike. I would like to have it. I think it's I think it's good. It reminded me of Jim's bike, and I know Jim's bike is a really nice bike. But due to the lack of time and effort put into taking this photo, <laughs> and not even not even giving us the specs on his buddy who's over there unloading that bike right mm -hmm. now. It's a it's an endo. Yep. Yep. He was just he was going for the hundred bucks. Yep. He was probably gonna try to buy a full ECU instead of that awesome piggyback unit that probably does everything he needs it to do. Because that's what I have. Actually, I need to test the piggyback units on the newer bikes to see because the ECU I heard, you know, in from my experience, they try to compensate for it and then it goes outside of perimeter and then it goes into it does a little bit of faulting. So Taco Mike knows about this. I think he did a video. I need to have make some time to re review that. Uh oh, this one didn't get out of the garage either. <laughs> All right. So this is from Curtis Grimes. 2023 Husqvarna FE501S. Get ECU engraved slip-on from Takomoto. Good on you. Seat concept seat. Double Good take on mirrors. You. Yep. Only Excellent. had the bike a couple weeks so far, and he is loving it. Loving it. Also, thank you, John Bailey, for the $20. So Super Whoa. Chat is now active on YouTube. And if you want to support us, this is a way you can do so. Hey, John, thanks a bunch. Channel. Yeah. And another cool feature is that you don't even have to be watching us live if you see one of our impressions or any videos on dirt bike test and you like it you can actually donate to us via youtube do we can we just say just just pay us money don't donate mm -hmm. i don't like that term okay so you can essentially pay us for drop coin content. yeah yeah support and, support the podcast that supports you to be able to watch this yep. stuff on the youtubes it looks like the t titty tail on the other 500 this is another point that i, I saw know as well so this one this one does not have the titty tail on it we need Cooper to come back in every once in a while. <laughs> I, I actually haven't seen him for quite some time. He's just here on weekends. They're all going to school. So yeah. I fired him. I said, you know, you guys got to make a decision in your life. Go to that school and waste your entire life rotting your brain in there, pretending to get an education. And you come out here and do the school of hard knocks, which they're both probably equally as bad. <laughs> no, good on him for going to school. Yeah. Hopefully he does better than I did in high school. Okay. That'd be easy. Uh, back to the yeah. – what rear tire is on this bike? Is that the stock? It doesn't – no, it doesn't look like the TKC80, and it doesn't look like the Kenda Equilibrium. It kind of it looks like some sort of a strange hybridish sort of – I don't know, and that's why I'm confused. But he's got a lot of gas cans mm -hmm. because he didn't take his bike out of the garage to shoot the photos. He's got a couple nice toolboxes. He's got some toolboxes. That's right. He's got a camping chair – a ladder. What's this back here? Is this a little tractor? 
uh, uh, tractor that's going to have the weed the whacker thing there. Yes, but you don't have eye no. contact. Yeah. It doesn't have what? You don't have eye contact. I can, oh, it's yeah. The bike is also no, disrespecting me. Yeah. Ooh. This is this is not looking good. I used up I used up that joke on the last bike, so I don't know if I could go that far with this one. Every yeah. I'm I I I want I want a little bit more effort. Mm-hmm. I want a little more effort. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm glad he likes his bike. I'm glad he's loving it after what four weeks? A couple weeks, so two weeks. Two weeks, presumably. Presumably, yeah, that's good. Uh, middle of the road. The next time, t- middle of the road, endo. Endo. No, I, I, I want high, higher quality pictures. All right. We'll, we'll get up Drew. We'll get this. Okay. So I think we, I think, you know, when, when you're out enjoying your bike in the wild, when you say, oh my God, I wish I could share where I'm riding in this experience. I want to make Jimmy so upset because I'm riding here and he's not. Because mm-hmm. this is what I see. Like when I see a bike in the garage, I can go look at 60 of those right now. Yeah. And they, it doesn't bother me. A lot of them do disrespect me. They turn and some of my Husabergs, like they, they need to be worked on and that's maximum disrespect. Oh yeah. But when they run, they have so much power. Have I, have I ever talked about how much power a Husaberg 570 really has? Well, after, you know, after Rooster Endo, we we'll, we'll circle back to this. We'll okay. S- there, there's, there's a question regarding this. Got it. Okay. So this is from, Ooh, I didn't change the picture. Bad producing. I change the picture. I already want to literally after seeing this photo, I want to turn the bike around because it's it's looking at me and it's going, "Hey Jimmy, come on." Mm-hmm. I want to turn the bike around and ride into that dark forest. Yep. I can see you see the little bit of moisture in the dirt. Yeah. And and the the bike it's like the front fender isn't as happy as the front fender on the on the bike that won last week. Mm-hmm. Did that one win? No. No, it didn't win. It didn't, but it, it it did lead to some jokes. Oh, okay. For the so, audio intro. So it came close to winning, but the, I want to turn around and ride this bike into the forest. So yeah. it, it roosts. I don't care anything more about it. Yeah, he calls it the stormtrooper. He's in the chat right now too. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you want me to tell you? You, what you know what? Are? And I'm I'm not I'm not a, like a Star Wars guy or anything like that. I but I I can kind of see this. I'm a Star Wars guy, so this this is okay. going going well for right. Lauren. So what's the red stuff for? This is a stormtroopers have a heart of red, don't they? No, they have horrible aim, so I don't know. <laughs> anyway, twenty twenty one Husqvarna FE five hundred one S seat concepts Comfort XL Emperor Racing Radiator Guards tubeless front and rear P three Max heat shield SXS uh, skid plate a Cherubis three point one tank with free flow hose Takamoto ninety degree fitting. TMC Sidewinder hose and Golane inline filter. We know more about this guy's hoses yep. than, than anything else right now. Fastway hand guards, TMC smog delete, TMC ultra slim oil ca- oil clap, cap, custom tail tidy with sick ass signals and moto minded flex plate, bulletproof design swing arm guard, uh, poly sport swing arm protectors. It's Golan for the filter. Hmm. Gold Bob, do you want to be on this podcast? Podcast, or you're getting closer and closer every time. No, we're gonna get a, a, a. We're gonna. Your when shadow's we, gonna show up in the hey, studio. When we, hey, when we get when we get more cameras, we're gonna point one over there and just like flash them all the time. We should eventually just yeah. put a microphone. The Bob, over yeah, there. get them the Bob cam. Yeah, I can give them the the uh, the what's what's our what was our what's we do have a guest mic that's not for the voice matron. What, what is what is this? What the voice matron mic? mic? Yeah, yeah. We give them, we give them that one. Yeah. And he says, I won't uh, hit anything ever. Okay. 
He won't yeah. hit anything? Yeah. Well, what about it? Why? Oh, because stormtroopers can't aim? Yeah, yeah. So they can't aim, so he's not going to hit anything. Like like a tree. Yeah, which is good. This this forest looks like that forest, those little Ewok thingies went racing yeah. through on those, whatever the McCallsums were. Well, it did. That. Ewoks. Ewoks? Ewoks, yeah, in, in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, because I think Ewoks make rave music. Uh, You know what? Why not? Yeah, they make rave music. <laughs> that's, 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 they're they're kind of like Canadians. Oh, boy. Yeah, they're kind of like Canadians. I think Canadians, They, yeah, Bob and Doug is the only Canadians I know. And then this other guy named Raddick, and he rides like adventure bikes on single track trails, mm-hmm. but only only when it's light outside. Otherwise, he's underground living in a tunnel or something. This is Mike Roos. Plain and simple. Yeah, it's just, just Roos. I like it. I like, I like Star the Wars. photo. It 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 outdoes the it out it has a theme. His bike has a theme. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. And, and you know, here's here's the other thing, just to show you. I don't think I think of all the products, there were very few. I, th- I think he had a seat concept seat. By the way, uh the seat concepts hot seat hotline, you can call into the show and you can tell me what you think of uh anything, and then I'll argue with you. And it's the seat concepts hot seat hotline and i'm not giving out the number right now because we only do it during the first hour of the show but with that uh with that money that we got maybe we could open it up a little bit later sometime all right so this is from lyle raymond now the bike that now I, i did suggest he submit some different stuff but the 2021 honda 450l was built by guys at enduro life using all the best aftermarket products available for the model okay hold on name name again Lyle Raymond. Lyle Raymond. And are we going to put this photo up? Yes, we are going to put this photo up because there is two bikes in this photo, both equally featured. Actually, the one that... Oh, so we're doing a two for one. Well, I told him one bike, one photo. Uh-huh. One bike. So he picked the Honda for this photo. I would have gone with the Husky since it's in front of the Honda. Well, it's, I mean, who's sending the email in? That's the question. Oh, he didn't send in the email. This was on Facebook. Oh, it's Over on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. I like what the what the trailer behind it says. Mm-hmm. It says it says the F word, and then I can't even read the other one. So the the graffiti artist here needs to be commended. But the other thing is, is that husky looks like it just took a piss all over the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I know why he he's parked in the back. By the way, front disc protector. Oh, probably. Yeah, probably got one of those because he said he has all the enduro life things, and mm-hmm. I think. You know, if you're an enduro life, you got to have a front disc protector, right? Maybe. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. So, Vortex Ignition, a Cherby's tank and protection, Baja Design Squadron headlight, Dynamic Designs blinker kit, Moose inserts, Dunlop tires, Yoshimura complete exhaust, factory connection suspension, throttle jockey seat cover, and retro style graphics. I'm sure I left out a bunch of other mods and upgrades. Well, let me tell you what you left out. No. <laughs> I will hey, say, I do if, like that graphics kit. I do. I actually think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really sweet. Uh, we can, can we zoom in on that? Can we just yeah. pull, pull, that, pull that bike up and try to... Actually I don't know it. about the ovals on the number plates, but I do like the, the Honda wing on the, on the front of it. I do actually... I actually do like the ovals. You like I the wish oval? There, I wish there was a vintage number in there, though. Like the vintage style numbering. Um, yeah, okay. What would that be? Something from my era? Uh, I'm thinking Bob's era. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that that mean so my area is you cut it out with duct tape you make it with duct tape right. and and bob's era i have no idea what that is well i wouldn't know if i would say that's your error because i've done that for a motocross race before the duct tape numbers uh electrical tape nice he, he it looks like he has 
Oh, I can't be sure, but it looks pretty close. The sprocket looks almost looks like a DDC sprocket. No, it looks almost like a. Actually, that, I think that's a it, Sunstar. No, I think it, it actually it, it, DDC are dirt tricks, but you know we like DDC. Yeah, like, they're they're all good. They're all good stuff. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, because it, it has the the DDC has a slightly different no. DDC, I think that's dirt tricks because they have a slightly different pattern, but yeah. they, they're the same. They're the same kind. I'm of comparing thing. it to the one we have in studio, and yeah, it's not the same one as the one in the studio. But yeah, it seems like it got got a nice bike. The guy in the Husky photo bombed him. That's pretty. That's yeah. pretty devastating. They have a bad word in the photo, so I should probably roost it. It's it says "fuck cops." Oh, George, do you have? Do you take issue with this? You probably fell asleep already. <laughs> I couldn't see what it said, but now I can see this. As you there we go. Bad, bad. It, we're, this whole podcast is probably going to get banned for saying that, right? Uh. I'm no just comment. I'm just reading. Off I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. You know, if if we've just dug a hole, I'm not going to keep digging it anymore. I'm just going to. Yeah. I. Is it, so is he? What's he going to say? Send. I already sent the photo, and here's my buddy's bike, and then he's going to list off the modification. Do you want me to do his buddy's bike? Yeah, you know, yeah. and I'll pull up what he what he put in for his buddy's bike. His buddy's bike. I'm just going to guess based off the photo, because I can I can do this. I don't know your what Husky 501 is it, but it has all the mods from. Um, boy, I don't know who modified this bike, but it, these look like Instagram bikes, Instagrammer bikes, because mm-hmm. they're they're really. I mean, they're big on the graphics packages, right? And when you you know when you see a, a full matching kit that goes all the way to the seat cover, and the you know the understanding colors and designs, I think that you know people take pride in that. That's a that's a cool thing. I just don't I don't really get it that much, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say. His buddy screwed up because it looks like his Fox boots match his bike. Mm-hmm. And then he might have got some Troy Lee Designs gear that doesn't match his his boots and his helmets match, but his gear doesn't match. No, it doesn't. If it was, if it it was kinda, like a blue, it I kinda, think it could. It kind of throws off it kind of throws off the mojo of the bike. Yeah. But he has a he has a a, a pretty sure he has a oh boy it's gonna be i tricky. have the list so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go he has a a vortex ignition by takomoto with an fmf uh, uh 4.1 titanium he has a titty tail i think he had the led headlight upgrade has he got that going on there? A Cherby's handguards. Of course, we can yeah. see that. That's easy. Of course, anybody that does the other stuff, aforementioned stuff, they smog deleted it and, uh, and you know, put on a – it doesn't look like he has a, a big tank, but it is clear. It's a big tank. Uh, Don't those bikes come with clear tanks? Mm, they have white tanks, but maybe it's the one size bigger. It's like the 3.1 IMS – uh something or other i'm guessing but i don't know and uh, that's all that's all i can oh he's got some kind of it looks like on a chirby skid plate okay ready for me to list off yeah you you were actually pretty close on a lot of that actually some of it you got spot on so i just guessed this is a 2018 fe 450 has a vortex ignition a cherby's plastic and protection pro taper bars dirt trick sprocket did o-ring chain sick ass tidy tail setup that i built using their lights and accessories Raptor foot pegs, Dunlop tires, ARC me- Memlon levers, complete FMF uh, titanium four exhaust, uh, Avid MX no, no, graphics. No, 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 that's a stock header. He's lying. 
<laughs> Full lie. Avid MX graphics. Well, they could have installed it since this photo, which is another sin. Well, yeah, I mean, it's don't, I mean, yeah, just tell us the, what's the bike mm -hmm. in the picture. Don't, don't make us look foolish. And Ecolu <laughs> suspension tuned by Brian, whose name, last name I can't pronounce. Okay. Endo. It's a mild, it's a mild endo because mm -hmm. there's too many, too many rules were violated. Yeah. In the, uh, how did, how, so one guy submitted for both. I think they're both his bikes. They're both his bikes. He okay. sponsors his buddy? Potentially. Um, where, where, where did this go? He sponsors his... I mean, how, did, how do you get... He, he's got FE versus... He's, he's making it a competition. Oh, okay. These guys need to start their own podcast and do yeah. what they're doing. And then... then this, they, was, this was the bike, the photo he submitted for the... Because I said oh, one for, bike, one photo, essentially. Oh, and then it, and it came back in. So it was yeah. the Husky that he wanted submitted. No, 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 no. I said one bike, one photo. He he said, okay, 450L for the, and then. Right. Yeah. Now I'm confused. Well. Hey, Lyle, thanks for, thanks for submitting. It's, yeah. I always, appreciate it. I always appreciate that. You, you, you have a to, winner? Yes. I have a winner too. Oh, no, no doubt. Yeah. It's, 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 it's Lauren. a storm, stormtrooper bike. Yeah, yeah. Lauren, right? Yeah. It's, it's not even close. No, it's the best picture. I mm -hmm. think, I think it was, I think it was the, uh. I, what was that? Was the one KTM that I? It was an XCW. I probably want that bike more than the than the Husky bike, just because uh -huh. it doesn't have a linkage, and I'm all about the the stupid PDS suspension. Right. So, but other than that, I think I think everything about that is a is a roost. So yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. Hey Lauren, thanks a lot. Uh, reach back out to Matt so you can get your hundred dollars gift certificate from Taco Moto, yep. and therefore you can stormtrooper your bike out even better, make it a little mm -hmm. maybe a little better shot. Yeah. Hope it, maybe maybe it's a <laughs> yeah, just a little bit better shot or whatever stormtroopers do. And and please reach out to me at Matt at JamieLewisOffRoad.com. I'll put it in the chat right now. Uh, as if you DM me on Facebook, you probably won't hear from me until next Tuesday. Right. So I think you were saving some questions for us for this. Yes. This. So let's let's dive hey, let right talk, into it. Let these. me talk about the product of the week. Yeah, sure. So I'm gonna show you the product of the week, which is these fast company uh Here's here's where I forget to always do foot my pegs. Yeah, they're foot pegs. I forget. I don't with the I damping. Don't, with the damping, I, are they called flex foot pegs? What are they called? What's the what's? I don't the, know. You know, I should always look up. I know what they are, but I should look up the proper name of the of the thing before they're fast company foot pegs. But I, I'm wondering if they're called impact moto foot pegs. There we go. So what these are is essentially it's a it's a it's a foot peg, and the crazy thing about it is how light they are. Mm -hmm. Every time I pick these up, I'm blown away because you look at it and it looks kind of it looks kind of heavy. As someone who's just installed foot pegs, okay, yeah, wow. They're they're actually pretty light. They mm -hmm. have they have these screw in cleats, and it's it's essentially a two piece foot peg that's separated between the base and the top is separated with an elastomer. And if you know anything about the handlebars, the flex handlebars, they move and they use an elastomer to do the damping. That's what these foot pegs claim to do is use this elastomer to provide some sort of dampening and here's where i am just brutally honest about things and i you know say what i felt is that i've tested a couple different companies that have done this this kind of design and 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 they're trying to either take away vibration and or impact mm -hmm. and it, you can't really in in my world it doesn't seem like you can do both because you kind of have to tune around 
especially for the vibration, there needs to be some tuning because if your elastomer is too stiff or your mechanism is is somehow connected, the vibration will get through. Mm -hmm. If the elastomer is too soft, it tends to bottom out or you know, so then, then you're getting the, the metal to metal contact and whatever. So it's, it's tricky. And that's where I know Cole has pulled his hair out multiple times. He would look like me if he could pull it out anymore to, mm -hmm. to get the right elastomers. He spends a lot of time doing this and it's, uh, it, it's an interesting concept and it's pretty cool. But you know what most boots have in them also hmm. is a sole and an insole and a thickness, you know, and, and so the boot should do some of that yeah and that's why he he makes the elastomers in a lot of cases tunable so there's different types of elastomers that you can get okay because there's a certain amount that your boot will do so i feel like your boot's doing a lot of this work already mm -hmm. but he's trying to do an extra level so if you're searching if you have that bike that vibrates through the foot pegs mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure this is a this is a solution not only is it like a a more aggressive grip foot peg and i do like the the screw in cleats as opposed to the sharp pointy things because these actually do dig in and bite and so for a foot peg that you're trying to get some a certain amount of control out of these do a really good job but they don't rip the shit out of your boots mm -hmm. and i've i've run them before these are actually going to go on my tenere oh nice and why am i putting small foot pegs on the tenere little ones because they don't have the big long ones yet they're, got it there because i have i've had his have had his foot pegs on my adventure bikes before uh -huh. and i don't i don't currently have them on there because i switched i've switched a background to different ones but he does make a bigger one so he has to just hook this part up and make the the bigger top flap for him and i'm going to give those a shot not that i know whether or not my tenere vibrates that much because mm -hmm. i've just been riding it with the stock foot page which are frankly horrible yep. these will be a huge improvement to start with and they also fit on betas mm -hmm. and do, do you have them on the do you have them on the yz250 fx no that one's bulletproof designs bulletproof ones okay yep. so yeah lots of companies making foot pegs but i'm gonna get these on there pretty soon i'm hopefully i was almost thinking about taking my tenere on out on a rebel rally as a bike to use to ride around but probably probably just go with a small lighter dirt bike so i can unload and load it quicker mm -hmm. but anyways impact foot pegs you have the website still back up or it disappeared already it disappeared already i was going to tell you what the cost let me get it quicker we should probably do this stuff before the show 259.99 wow they're available for the ktm free ride there we go what do they what do they talk about the different elastomers Elastomer color. Yeah. Do they talk about the different – is the elastomers – do they talk about the elastomers being different damping quality or the colors just based on – are the colors just ba based to look – I got to check on that. Elastomer, red, impact, black, orange, elastomer choice to suit your personal touch. So I don't know if they are uh, – I don't know if the elastomers that, like on the bars are different. I don't know if it's they're the same based on the color. I think these are just – I think it's a color option. Yeah, I don't think it's a – I wonder if he has different thicknesses. It will be interesting to find out because I, yeah. I did I did some testing with them when they were brand new. Mm -hmm. And they were really rough prototypes. We had different thicknesses and different colors. And the different colors were different things. So we'll figure that out. So anyways, the cool. link is up in the website. So let's go ahead and bust out some of these questions here. Got it. So Cole Smith 
Jimmy Lewis regards the unequaled 70-degree 570 Husebergs. Does the 70-degree design do anything for rideability, or is it just the engine power distorting gravity that makes it so good? Um, so I don't have a bell. Story story goes. I do. So Husebergs 570. So let me just ring it. Uh, story goes that. The Husserberg guys who are always innovative. You know what's funny is I was looking at that dirt bike magazine with me on the cover from back in the day. Mm-hmm. They showed a, a, a sneak peek of a Husserberg V twin. Oh really? Yeah, which which ended up being the uh, Folan. The guys mm-hmm. that went and did Folan, they were pretty getting pretty popular in the side hack, but like lightweight V twin, which actually ended up being a KTM nine fifty kind of motor. The 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 angle and the design of that motor those guys were always looking for something different or unique to try and what they were watching was watching evolution of 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 moto gp and how they started lifting the crank centers up more to the center of gravity on the on the motorcycle as opposed to trying and getting it down low they were actually trying to centralize the mass on the motorcycle get the spinning parts more in the center and so this was their kind of idea and they hacked together and you know built a prototype motor and the people that wrote it said this thing's awesome and so they convinced ktm to allow them to to try to do this they went off in their corner they built it they made it and ktm said well we'll let you produce it if you develop our fuel injection that was the first quote ktm one of these off, you know, these, these like kind of like a Husky or a gas gas. Now it was a Husaberg was at that time had been acquired by KTM and they said, Hey, develop the fuel injection. We'll let you do your freaky motor or whatever it was. And there, there, there is. So they felt there were some handling advantages to it. And I will say that as long as you're riding on one wheel or the other, that means the front or the rear wheel, it's a really good bike. Yeah. <laughs> The minute the minute that both wheels go on the ground, it sort of acts a little bit heavier and a little bit more top heavy. Mm-hmm. And the slower you go, there's a point where it it, it kind of gets it gets if it starts falling over, it's top heavy. It doesn't have showroom balance. Like it's just it feels like a top heavy bike, but it it has an advantage for power. That would have made I'm surprised that KTM has not gone back and looked at that engine design for their rally bikes. I really, I'm really, really surprised that they haven't done it because just the orientation of where the, you know, the downdraft, it's, it's the advantage mm-hmm. that the Yamaha 250 has and 450 motocross bikes have more power than you'll ever, ever need. Most mm-hmm. humans, maybe Eli Tomac aside, most humans do not need that much horsepower, but on a 450 rally bike, they need more power and so it'd be just right. like just like having the advantage that 250 has to have that type of you know downdraft uh intake and mm-hmm. have the air box located where it should be on a rally bike which is up high above where the gas tank normally is because the gas tanks are now down underneath the motor You're right. to, to get the weight down i don't know whether the i don't think that the 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 weight being up where it is the spinning stuff being up where it is would be such a disadvantage because the rally bikes are going really fast Mm -hmm. and so that bike becomes pretty stable but uh it also like i said i don't think i i think when it starts going sideways i don't know if it's that much of an advantage but if you have more power it's always on the rear wheel and it can't go sideways so there yeah well i just want to circle back like do you think it ktm just doesn't want to bring back an old design or would they do that would they have like 
reliability issues with bringing the 570 well they they can only go 450 they had a 450 of that motor but yeah i don't think i want to go backwards on anything Mm -hmm. and 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 i i would guess that i think they kind of want you know i knew i knew the writing was on the wall when they took the husaberg uh branding off of their parts boxes Mm-hmm. You know, they, they went away and all of a sudden it became gas, 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 and Husaberg just totally disappeared. I mean, yeah. we're outside that whatever, how many years, so they really don't have to make parts for those bikes anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Husaberg's, it's, they just like, it like put it in the, maybe it'll come back as something brand new, kind of, kind of like what Yamaha did when they never saw the Cannondale, however mm-hmm. that worked. <laughs> so, right. maybe they'll come up with this brand new idea for the new, their new rally racing bike, but they just came out with a brand new rally racing bike and it seems like it's doing just fine. So mm-hmm. I don't think we have to worry about them changing anything soon. I haven't been keeping up with the world rally stuff. Are they crushing it right now? Well, they won Dakar and that's all that matters. Oh yeah, that's right. Like Tour de France. Yep. The only one that matters. Well, they won it with a gas gas though. So they probably weren't really happy about that, but mm-hmm. it happened. Right. I mean, they'd much rather win it with one of those orange ones. Right. Like Emma Toby Price probably. I don't think they care who. Actually, I mm-hmm. think they want Matthias to win because he's Austrian. Oh, like that'd yeah, be yeah, that'd, that'd be, be that'd be hometown. I mean, they it, it, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of you know nationality, national pride in mm-hmm. in that brand, and, and I mean uh, there are there should be. I mean, they do they they make really good bikes. They yeah. have really good stuff. So yeah, right. on to the next one. So what's so this is from uh, one of our nuggets actually, which expect more of those pretty soon more nuggets did you get did you get san felipe bob's kid working on this oh he's been working on it we have he's, a stockpile of them literally i was spending today going through them oh. organizing them and we're gonna are I they good start. yeah is he has he made him short enough this this was something we worked on yes okay well for, for me i believe so you know obviously you're gonna get the final say on it oh i'm actually gonna get a say on something that i'm responsible for and my yeah. name's on yeah yeah well, that's good yeah okay how's my grinder account doing uh not as good as <laughs> not as good as dirt bike test. Okay, so John Bailey he commented. So John Bailey, even though we've already talked about the six ninety, this is a different point. So I'm going to bring this one up. Oh, he's driving this thing home. No wonder he yeah. paid us money. I have a 2021. In, well, why do you think I'm reading this? <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I have a 2021 and love it for what it's used for. I told my dirt bike buddy it is the bike Honda should have built and totally blew it for not fuel injection with the six speed. But didn't KTM build the LC4 motor for Dakar before the 450 rule change? They had to recoup that, right? I'm not sure if I got the whole question. Like, where, why, why is, why are we? So, so KTM, the KTM was started racing Dakar with what they had. So they had the LC4 motor. It was a bike that they were they were building. Hey, they were they tried to race four-stroke supercross with that lc4 motor so they would do anything with it so that motor was racing around supercross tracks and it was racing across africa same base motor the one the one that was supercross i think might have had one gear maybe two in the transmission Uh they were doing anything that could get weight out of that thing i I actually didn't even know that so so yes ktm was racing dakar and an lc4 but that wasn't what it was designed for it was just a it was that motor i i believe was heavily based off of a rotax motor and there was i think there was some there were some rotax influence parts collaboration i don't know i'm not 100 percent sure but i think so it's that's super old that was before they had 
the Husaberg connection because the Husaberg mm-hmm. connection changed everything for KTM four strokes. Mm-hmm. Like all four strokes back then in the LC four era were like XR six fifty Ls, air cooled. You know, big like Husky was making kind of the smaller motors and the and and. Then, you know, Husky went to Italy and they kept making the smaller motors. And Husaberg guy said, hey, we can make that even smaller, more light. We think we can make one to race motocross with. That's how good we can make this. And and KTM had this LC4, which is a utilitarian. So there was XR650L, Rotax motors. BMW had a 650 motor based on Rotax. Maybe that's where I'm getting confused with the, the Rotax thing. Uh, DR650, KLR650, that was kind of the size. Mm-hmm. And so KTM had the LC4, and they they made a smaller one. They made a 400, and then the rally bikes were actually bigger. They turned them into 700s and 680s, different things like this, 640s. Mm-hmm. So that motor kind of was was what it was. Didn't seem to have anything to do with. And they were six. Were they six speeds? I think they were six speeds. I can't remember exactly, but whatever, whatever. So how does it go? How does it go back to Honda? Uh, he just thinks Honda should have built it. this bike. Yeah, Honda. I think someplace in Honda, fundamentally, they disagree with the need for a six-speed transmission, mm-hmm. which they can do it all day long, and they're wrong because I've never ridden a Honda with a good five-speed transmission. Mm-hmm. Yamaha, on the other hand, has had bikes with five and six-speed transmissions. Their 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 WRs, for instance, on the YZ platform and stuff, have five speed transmissions. Their F Yamaha FX has a wide ratio, five speed. They nail it. They there's something different. Just and I think the Yamaha's willing to gap the gears a little bit differently, mm-hmm. and they, they get it right. And their five speed, like their fifth gear, fourth to fifth gear is a big shift. Honda fourth to fifth is kind of a small shift. And then Yamaha first to second, or maybe it's second to third. There's a little bit of a gap there where Honda kind of keeps them all kind of close. And so if, if Honda would, and and you could used to be able to buy like six speed transmissions for your CRs. There was an aftermarket company that would, that would build these transmissions and stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, no, they, they just, I don't think they believe in it. XRs never had six speeds in them, but. They were only good at doing. You could either gear your XR to go slow in the trails, or you could go gear it to go really fast in Baja, and it would do one or the other. You couldn't get you couldn't get both. So yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen Johnny Campbell go through a lot of clutches because <laughs> <laughs> his bikes were always geared for Baja, and then we ended up going trail riding. Oh boy, yeah. And th- was this in the same time that you were you had an electric start, so you would just stop? You'd come up. Oh yeah, I rode one of those Suzuki DRZ four hundreds. Yeah. yeah. And I would go riding with the with Johnny. I always stop on the on the uh, the side hill that was so it was really steep side hills, and you couldn't pull the kickstart out and kick it because it hit the side of the hill. I'd always stop there and shut my bike off and wait for him to come, and then and then hey, kill it, you know, give him the kill it, kill it like that. And I go, man, the views here is great. Start my bike up and take <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick, huh? Uh, and all I was hoping, I mean, it really wasn't to be mean to Johnny. It was, it was honestly, I was hoping that that would trickle down to when they were doing development. It would come back to like, you know, we need to put electric start in these things. Cause there was the same thing, just like no six speed transmission, no electric spark, electric starts have no place on a dirt motorcycle. That was, that was basically the thinking back then. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, yeah, 99% of the time it's fine. 
But yeah, here, here's a spot where it's not good. <laughs> and anytime that I don't have to kickstart, like I bought a Yamaha TTR 50 because it had electric start. I could have got, I could have got a CR 50 or a TTR 50. And I got a TTR 50 because it had electric start. This is to race mm-hmm. around on a track in my backyard. So blame me for liking electric start. And for every time that every single one of you pushes a stinking button with your thumb and your motorcycle starts up, screw you too. Cause it's cause of me. <laughs> and I tried to convince Honda to do it earlier, but it didn't work. Hey, so I actually have a question about electric start. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it wasn't until Matthew Lynn, your bike is a 625 SXC. That was actually a pretty good. That was when they finally started getting that engine to run right and and balance a little bit balance. How does it vibrate? <laughs> and that's when it was good. So go ahead, man. Uh, so I feel like it's only with in the last because I remember people saying you don't need electric start on a motocross bike. You don't need that. It's only going to add weight. I remember people saying that as recently as just a few years ago. But I feel like I feel like it was really in 2017 when you'd see riders fall over uh and the ktm guys would just started start using the electric bike the, the electric start to get going again and the other guys were kicking it uh do you feel like it was finally like those moments is uh a la you know like tomac 2017 well, well, well you think about like regular regular guys regular racers and stuff like that and then the top elite level guys mm-hmm. you have to you have to kind of say if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, they're not crashing and not tipping over. Therefore, they shouldn't need an electric start. Right. But it happens. And and do you want to do you want to have a quick and simple solution? And is it worth is it worth the so the two times during the season you tip over and pick the bike back up and electric starts and it fires and you lose five seconds as opposed to twenty? Is that worth hauling around that extra weight for the what are they doing? Like twelve laps times twenty-four. You know, so okay, mm-hmm. do the math. How much? How much time are you dragging this extra weight around versus how much time you save? And is mm-hmm. that weight worth X amount? So there are people now that do this kind of uh, cost-benefit analysis. Yeah, cost-benefit or just 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 um, you know they work out the scenarios, they work out strategy, mm-hmm. and so if if I were in charge of a multi-million-dollar budget on a race team. I would take all the stuff off that motorcycle, make it kickstart light. Or in fact, like, you know, like, well, until until Formula One cars went to hybrid, they didn't, you couldn't start them. Once they shut off, they, they were down. You had to put something in there and you had to have a starter, remote mm-hmm. starter, something like that. Take everything off. Like, don't stall. Like, come to the start and I go <laughs> like this. And I've got a solution for that too, by the way. Pneumatic starters. The air is housed in the frame. This is a George Earl idea, I believe. I think George Earl was the first one that ever told me about this crazy idea he had. You would you would put a whole bunch of air pressure in the frame, and you'd have a pneumatic starter because you could get them. They're tiny, and it would replace the electric start, and it would start the bike like five or six times on the on the air charge. So you, so you start it, and then you know at the line you fill, fill it up again. Hmm. And then you go race and you lose all the way to the battery and all the other stuff. You know, remember when we were talking about electric water pumps at the beginning of the year? Like yeah. To save weight and to, to cool bikes. So this is the same sort of thing. It's just outside of the box thinking. So you have this pneumatic starter. Air weighs nothing. Mm-hmm. You have a starter that's now lighter. So take your take your top guy, have him do laps with 
all that stuff removed at a practice track and find out what his lap times are, put the stuff on and find out what his lap times are, then say, okay, you're going to stall X amount of times during the season. Does this other system work? Is this weight worth it? And you'll find out that it probably doesn't matter because like the cool thing about dirt bikes is Mm. it's sort of rider over rider over bike right and and a healthy mental so if you told if you told this guy if you told most riders hey we just took five pounds off your motorcycle it's gonna work so much better and like well how'd you take five pounds off it oh we just eliminated this this uh heavy battery thing and we we replaced it with this stuff it's like this, the battery is now made out of uh fairy dust Mm-hmm. And it doesn't weigh anything anymore, and your bike's five pounds lighter. It's like, isn't it lower than the weight limit? No, we're right at the weight limit, but now all the weight's down lower. Your bike's going to work better. Eighty percent of these guys, they're not going to go weigh the damn motorcycle to find out whether you're lying to them or not. They've mm-hmm. just been told their bike's better. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't work better in their head, you can say, "Oh, we can put the stuff right back on," and you don't change a thing. Right. And I'll bet you, yeah, sixty percent of these guys, you're gonna you're gonna have a, that's a win win scenario. Not to say that it's ever been done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just they're a bunch of head cases yeah yeah all the racers but i like you know good good on them yeah hey matt lynn had the crank balanced on there we go <laughs> hey that's a, that i remember writing a story on that bike in uh in cycle world because they were selling them like with the kind of before there was like factory editions they had like a bonus kit you would get if you bought it and they were literally trying to get rid of those motors and package them into a chassis with stuff and it was, i was like man they finally made this bike like pretty good so yeah good time um sell it sell it while you can <laughs> no you, you know what's funny is is okay say it's a good working motorcycle it probably works fine but man have bikes gotten so much better since then if we took this is why i want to get that yz400 i want to mm-hmm. do that yz400 test and that'd be another great bike to get mm-hmm. to show the evolution of four stroke because that at the time was kind of like the like is it ktm was really pushing the boundaries of what you could do with that that was like kind of the that was hey here's high performance four stroke and then now look at what we've got yeah. you guys are spoiled <laughs> air pressure does not air does not weigh nothing <laughs> you can top off your tire well, we're talking about racing applications, but yeah, you could you could build an air pressure in your tank, and then you have. But now I carry this just this little tube around that I should bring that product on as a product evaluation yeah. next week. I got this little mountain bike too. But anyways, hey, thank you everybody for joining in. I can't believe you stuck around with us for this long. And uh, agreed, fuel eject, fuel injection <laughs> for the win for the win. Yeah, I thought that means. was I thought that was FTW means something else. <laughs> it was yeah. it was that same word as that guy had on his picture in his yeah. in his post that yeah. was probably responsible for half of the half of the <laughs> the endo but uh thanks everybody thanks for sending in your submissions if you're listening to this right now and you wonder hey how can i get my bike on rooster endo it's really simple we put up posts on facebook where you can submit there you can send us an email if you can't figure out our email addresses you do not deserve to win the hundred dollar taco moto gift certificate thank you to taco mike i thought we might have had him show up today on a, on a strange weird lattice of coincidence but it didn't work all of our sponsors, including Yamaha, who we're waiting for our 2023 reads on. But if you visit YamahaMotorsports.com, you can find out what's new for 2023. I think Trevor's going to get to go back and ride the new YZ450. And I would love to go. I mean, I really, really want to go, but I have to work yeah. at another job so I can support you in the lifestyle you've become accustomed to. 
So just remember, just like my wife does it for me, I'm doing it for you. Oh, thank you, Jimmy. You enjoying your life? Uh, I would enjoy it more if... Uh, Bomb drop, come on. More money flew your direction? No, if, if, no. I, if I could actually make more time just, just to ride for me. Well, the good thing is the temperature's cooling down, so yeah. you can make that time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll go out and ride, and we're not going to film any crash videos. Scott Sports, <laughs> uh, makers of super awesome goggles. I'm still enjoying the light transition lenses and the amplified lenses. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm kind of – now I'm, like, torn. I wish they had a light-sensitive amplified lens because yeah. I always want more. And uh, so that's good. Climb – Climb probably has some new T-shirts coming, so you should go check out T-shirts and start getting your orders in for Christmas right now, plus all the new gear. Actually, I, I told you I've been testing some new stuff that's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, DDC Sprockets, Trail Tech, Fast Company, Seat Concepts. I got to go do a Seat Concepts uh, showroom tour, or factory tour, actually. And guess what I'm super excited about? I got my seat concept seat for my Tenere. Mm -hmm. So I not only have foot pegs, so my feet are going to be happy. I have a seat concept seat, so you mm -hmm. know my ass is going to be happy. And if Jimmy has a happy ass, everybody's happy. And then, of course, Bulletproof Designs. And we're going to just leave it at that. Support us through our Rocky Mountain links and Amazon links on our website. There's support DBT. Click it up in the corner, mm -hmm. right? Yep. It's a little little it, button. It, it's going to be right next. It's between the search bar and product tests. Yeah. So you click on that and click through those links. So when you're buying, like I bought an electric hedge trimmer yeah. the other day. And that go through the dirt bike test link and we get a little thing. And then you can uh, sleep rest less to ride more, Matt. And yeah. Lauren says, if Jimmy has a happy ass, everybody is happy. I've been sleeping less well, to run more. <laughs> yeah. And like my buddy Jerry says at Focky Racing, we're not happy until you're not happy. So with that, we will see you out in the trail. Cheers, everybody.